get some rerolls Or use your strange potents You can get a sharp sticker Sticking everyone and welcome to episode 39 of the battle for salvation warhammer underworlds podcast i am max bernstein i am randall slate and today we will be discussing Headcracker's mad mob the sixth expansion from the uh the season four diarchasm season and uh today to help us out we have valentin hornick 
Did I pronounce your last name right? That's right. Ah, I did it. All right, Valentin, how are you doing, man? Uh, we're going to get to you in just a second, but before we do, we, of course, need to talk about the uh, the tournament schedule. Actually, it's a good thing that you're here because Shades, uh, Straight Out of Shades Fire tournament is occurring uh, Sunday, August 29th. Tell us about this one, Valentin. Yeah, so first of all, hi, hi guys. Hi. Thanks for having me. Yeah, Straight Out of Shades Fire uh, webcam tournament number 18 already. Um, it's, yeah, it's going to happen on Sunday, 29th of August, 2.30 p.m. CEST. You have to calculate uh, whatever uh, local time that is for you. We're going to play in championship format. You can sign up on Underworld Stackers. We're going to have a link somewhere, right? Yeah, we'll put it up. And, or you just go there and search for it. And, we'll put it in the show notes, yeah. Yeah, and I'll hope to see as many as possible. Sure. There. That's uh I believe that's 8:30 on the east coast of the United States. Cuz it's a 6-hour difference right now. I believe so. I so. But what, what time is it time, by so, you right yeah. now? Yeah, what time is it by yeah. you? Yeah. It's a uh, quarter to 9 p.m. Quarter to 9. Yeah, it's quarter to 3 here. Okay. So it's a 6 hours. Okay, cool. So there's that. Uh there happens to be uh, another portal tournament that's up in manchester connecticut uh run by chris spark that's going to be on september 11th at 12 p.m please check uh especially here in the united states please check with your local uh places about what the covid protocols are uh so if uh if, if, it, if it works for you make sure that you uh, support the local events and if not well then maybe just wait until you do feel comfortable and that's uh that's you know everybody can make their own choice on that one but i did want to put in that little disclaimer same thing with uh the gigabytes cafe down in marietta georgia i had uh matt from the crit def crew who uh who was on an episode uh, a while back uh they will be having an event on the same day at the gigabytes cafe that is also on september 11th at 9 a.m of course we have the du bois gt November 12th and 13th, there is a an Underworlds uh, event happening at that time. You can go to www.daboysgt, that is D-A-B-O-Y-Z-G-T at, uh, sorry, dot com. And then, of course, LVO, Las Vegas Open, January 28th and 30th. I've been waiting for uh, Google to kind of like email me when the Las Vegas flights are going down in price. And I got an email today, so I'm going to take a look. That's January 28th through 30th to 2022. Okay. So that is the calendar. Uh, Val. Yeah. How's it going, man? So good to have you on. I've, I've been to several of the tournaments that you've run. They're always fun. They're always little quick hits, right? Because they're skirmish format. Right. So you'll end uh, up playing four games real quick against four different people <clears throat> sometimes sometimes quicker sometimes slower like when i played the when i played the mad mob last time oh my god yeah that really well, made me mad <laughs> oh oh that's why they're called that because exactly. they make you mad that you chose to play them <laughs> <laughs> nah they're just uh, really an aggro warband that actually requires you to think, and that's not really that's my terrible. style. That's terrible. That's actually <laughs> not good. Okay, so so let, let's uh, as as is traditional when we have a new guest on the program, uh, we like to do a biography. 
So uh, we're just going to ask you a few questions, the same ones we always ask. And we're just trying to figure out, you know, who you are as a person, what brought you to Underworlds and like kind of like where you play. So talk to us first. How did you get into Underworlds? Like, where did this come from for you? Yeah, well, um, and okay, you got to stop me if I'm rambling too much about my life story. But it started at the CrossFit gym. I was just there minding my own gains. When the coach, Coach Ruben, shout out to Ruben, says, yo, man, you got to buy this game. Warhammer Underworlds. Do it now. And <laughs> was this before or after the box jumps? <laughs> Actually, What's no. That it thing? Was you it were a... flipping the tires yeah. and he came up to you and said, hey. He's flipping tires. That's right. The tire flippings and the ring muscle ups and all this stuff. Exactly. Now, actually, we had a board game night. And one of the coaches here at Underworlds there... And and he had um, two warbands, I think the Gits and the uh, the Reavers, and the Reavers were painted so so beautifully. And I had never seen actually Warhammer minis uh, up close, and it was so beautiful. And I said, okay, I'm gonna do it. Coincidentally, just like a week later, Beastgrave came out. So he said. Now is the right time to start, get Beastgrave, start playing. So I went to the Warhammer shop, I bought it, and like three, four days later, I was already playing the first in-store tournament. I didn't know what I was doing. I came there, my first game was against the, some curse breakers. <laughs> He's like doing two empowers and a spell attack, and he scores like a hundred glory of that. And me with my starter box, I'm like, what, what the, what the? You know, it, that's a little bit of a rite of passage when it comes to this yeah, game. Yeah, I think you, you, you have to get curb get, stomped a couple times yeah. before they let you. You got to get yeah. clowned on by curse breakers so you know what the game is really like. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so that was my start, but um, I kept playing. But I also really, really enjoyed the painting. I had never painted any mini anything in my life. <clears throat> I didn't know how to do it. I, I went on YouTube, found the Warhammer TV tutorial just for that warband. I bought all the paints, all the brushes, everything that they need, and just tried to follow it as best as I could. Um, so that four weeks later, uh, I was playing in the first bigger tournament, uh, like 16, 20 people at the airport in Amsterdam. I actually went fourth place in that one already. and Nice. But I won... Best painted. <laughs> Incredibly, I nice. won best painted award from the first minis I ever painted. And yeah, when I was driving home, I was just so stoked. I was so happy. I said, this is exactly the shit I'm supposed to be doing. Painting and rolling dice. And that's what I've been doing since then. <laughs> Good stuff, man. That's that's what we do. So so uh, yeah, Randall's the, the much better painter out of the two of us. And so I would just like hound him for advice on how to do things. And I would just be like texting him, you know, at like one o'clock in the morning me. during the summer. <laughs> What's that? And then not listen to anything I said. Oh, well, yeah. Well, I mean, I try it really hard, but like, you know, you were trying to tell me how to glaze once and I'm like, I wait, so I put more water in the thing? Like there's no, and I didn't like understand that. I did the best I could. And, and you know, it's the the irony, of course, is that my dad is actually like an, a legit artist. He's like a he's like a graphic designer, so he like knows all the stuff. And I'm like sitting there, like going like like a paintbrush on a little orc or whatever. Yeah, but and it's like the... and he's like 
good, good, good son. Nice, but, nice job. But that's a nice thing. You can, I, I've seen your stuff. You can, if you don't know how to paint, you can at least have creative paint schemes, you know, like yeah. you with your Chicago Bulls or your, right. I don't know, your Disney characters. Nah, I'm not so creative. I just follow the mostly right. the Warhammer painting videos. Uh, but, you know, for me, what I really like about the painting is that I sit down at 9 p.m. when the kids are in bed. I'm like, let's paint for an hour. And then when I put the brush down, it's like, oh, shit, it's, it's 1 like a.m. already yeah. because I get so in the zone. I, mm -hmm. I so, you know, I get into that flow state. I just paint and it just relaxes me. Um, that's, that's really, um, something I enjoy. It's, it's very Zen. Um, yeah, I do want to ask you, a, I do want to ask you a little bit about the scene because, uh, you are originally, uh, from Germany, right? Yeah. I'm originally from Germany, but I live in the Netherlands. In the Netherlands moved, now, right? Yeah. I lived there. Uh, I've been living there for about six, seven years now. Okay. And um well the netherlands is a small country so we have a whatsapp group with all the all the dutch players that we know of uh, everybody in the netherlands who plays uh warhammer underworlds well it's supposed to be in that whatsapp group but <laughs> funnily enough we still find new people who play and we 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 hadn't known before like just a few months ago, I get this message. Hey, I want to play in that uh, Straight Out of Shades by a webcam tournament. I'm like, hey, cool. Where are you from? The Hague. I'm like, hey, I live there. Where do you live? Same. In this street. Yeah. What? That's around the corner from me. <laughs> like, <laughs> really, the guy lives in my neighborhood. And, and so, and so we, it's, a, it's a small community, but it's tight. We all know each other. We go to, you know, we travel to the Grand Clash together, the German Clash together. And, um, yeah, uh, it's, no, it's, it's a stuff. nice community. Yeah. So, okay. Next thing we usually ask is what is your favorite underworld's warband all time? Like, which oh. one do you think, like if you could, if you're just like, this is the one that has near and dear to my heart, what, what would it be? Boy, oh, that's a hard choice, man. I played most with a wild hunt because that was the first warband I played and I played it for one season. Because I said I have to play one warband just to learn the basics. But actually, I like most the Iron Skulls boys. <laughs> not because they're the greatest. No they're well, not. <laughs> but they're just, you know, I started in Beastgrave. And I heard all these stories about those legendary epic warbands from season one. The Reavers, the Fiends. I didn't even have any of the boxes at that time. I didn't know. And there were also the Iron Skulls boys. And there were... Until the end of season three, there were no new orcs. So those were the only orcs yeah. until then. And I've actually, I played them uh, in the Warhammer Underworlds online game. When they, because they started basically with Shadespire again, at least in the beginning, because before they screwed yeah, the whole release thing up uh, and they started to mix everything together from all seasons. But I played with them. And I, I won, I won the Agents of Sigmar um, league with Iron Skulls boys. Yeah, so they're really uh, dear to me. But of course, they um, they kind of suck nowadays. Well, um, yeah. well I think they're also super overshadowed by crushes, and then not overshadowed by headcrackers. 
So um, <laughs> the next question I have for you, and it's the last question we have in this section, is sure. this is the time for you to brag. Uh, how much glass do you have? What's your best finishes? Like, go ahead. What, what, what have you accomplished? She said you came in fourth in your second ever tournament. You won best painted before anything else we should know about. Yeah, well, actually, I wish I could brag, but there's not too much to brag. Well, um, I went, so I think it was four months or so after Peacegrave came out. I went to, in January 2020, I went to the Grand Clash in Nottingham. Yep. And the night before they had a skirmish, the Bugman mm-hmm. skirmish, 75 people, I went 4-0 there and I was fifth place. So okay. I was really, really happy there. Um, that's good. That, that's said, a very okay. large tournament, right? How many people? Yeah, there? I think in that skirmish were over seventy people. Oh, and then okay. the yeah, Grand Clash. Yeah. The next, the next day, the Grand Clash. I was, I went three and one. Mm-hmm. Um, Playing wild hunt lost. the whole time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I only lost that game because I'm a complete idiot. But let's not. Dwell oh, we've on all that. had that game. We have all had <laughs> this, that game. This is that game. That really haunts me to this day, you know. We uh, all have that game. All right, go ahead. Tell me. Tell, I'll, I'll tell you mine first, just so okay. that you feel better about it. So I would have. I would have won the 2018 Nova GT uh, if my opponent didn't longboard me in the last two games. I crushed him in the first one, and then he just eked me out in the last two because he won the board roll off. And I lost because of a destiny to meet. Aye, aye, the, aye. the last game was ten to nine. Yep. So go ahead. So I I think um, it was a game against some ghosts. I I think it was against the Lady Harrows. Oh well, I mean they're OP. So but, yeah, I won the I won the first game. Mm-hmm. No, I, he won the first game. I won the second game, but okay. he had more the glory difference. He had more glory. And since I was a complete noob, I thought, eh, wait. And it was just two minutes more in the game time to play. But there was a 15-minute uh. break afterwards. So I was a complete noob. I thought I would get a loss, he would get a win because he has more glory. But that's wrong. It would have been a draw. Everybody yeah. would get one point in the rankings. And if I had known that, I wouldn't have, like an idiot, you might, insisted. You might have made the cut. Yeah, yeah. I would have made the cut if we would have just said draw. Both would have made the cut. But I was an idiot. I said, okay, let's play one more round. And because the time wasn't up, it was nice enough to say, okay, let's play one more round. But not a whole game, just one round. But stupid, you cannot do one round against Lady Harrows because they no, just make a move through a block text yeah. and right. they score. But then, even then, I only lost three to four. I had three, he had four glory. Because in the end, I, I, I screwed up um, one thing. I played my power cards wrong. I played first, um, what was it called? Uh, move, restless Prize. Mm-hmm. And then I played Mischievous Spirits. And then I realized, shit, now I have to move the objective away we again. Back. Okay. Uh, yeah. Instead yeah. of the other way around, then I would have scored that two glory card where you have to hold all objectives in your territory. And I would have gotcha. won. And I'm gotcha. like, and it just haunts me every year. <laughs> every yeah. Time. And it's like, there's this like weird balance between like, let's really pay attention to the strategy game 
that really like you have to pay a lot of attention to it, make sure things come out in the right order and make sure that you're making decisions certain way, but also hurry up because you only got an hour and a half. Yeah. You know, really tough to do. And I always, I also struggle to, uh, with it. Well, it's always a challenge to me in the webcam tournaments I run because I have to keep the people on schedule, finish, finish, but sometimes I also run late. Yeah. Yeah. So, but I know you have to just, I always tell the people, just play instinctively. Don't think too much. Roll those dice. Have some fun. Uh, don't overthink it. Um, but yeah, it's a balance. You need, uh, you need to find balance. And you All need right, to cool. play as much as possible so that your decisions... Right, you've they seen come them out before. more naturally. Yeah. yeah, you've seen the situations or similar situations before, so you don't need to think again about it. I've noticed that with my own play lately because I've been um, bouncing around to different things because we're trying to, you know, like get the get all the warbands kind of figured out before season five drops. And so I've been like bouncing around a lot lately to different things. And it's like, I don't really know how to play these warbands because I'm going through them so fast, you know? So this is kind of like almost an exercise for me to like figure out how the warbands work. But I'm not like, I'm not able to like really, you know, concentrated dose understand how these warbands work i'm just like trying to explore them and then and then i come on here and talk about it with people who are a little bit have been playing them more all right guys i think it's time to start talking about the reason why we're here the headcrackers mad mob the thing about this warband though is that it hinges quite a bit on gaining and losing primacy for inspiration and other things so let's talk about the primacy token talk about the primacy mechanic again uh just real quick now um Val, you have the the primacy card in front of you. Can you just quickly read off what it says on there so that uh, that everybody at home understands, you know, what what's on it and how it's how it's used. Go, go for it. Okay, so um, primacy. You cannot include this card in your decks. If you include one or more cards in your decks that mention the primacy token, you must show this card to your opponent in the reveal your warband step and use these rules in the game. There is only one primacy token. See, the other nobody side, does this though, right? Nobody does that. We just well, we say like, are you playing with primacy? Yes, or just assume they play with primacy. No, you have to show them the card. You're supposed to. Yeah, it's silly, but I, I, I mean, there were there were some weeks in the game where people were, let's say, hating on each other for not <laughs> for for mentioning they're playing primacy too late. You know, there were. Uh, there were some, you know, discussions on how it should be handled if somebody doesn't mention that they play primacy, because you might place your fights differently. Yeah, apparently, I, I never done that, but some people think they would have done so. But anyway, there was a bit of controversy. It's settled down now, I think. <clears throat> yeah, because I think, I think the I think... rule is now you just also ask your opponent to be sure, and if you haven't asked. Whether he's playing primacy or not, then it's just is your fault, just as is his fault. Right. Yeah, I, I think Which that a lot of sense. so many people play with primacy anyway because there's always like that one card that happens to mention the primacy token or mentions like yeah. what happens when you don't have the primacy token, <clears> which means that you are playing with primacy rules. And it's um, it's just I think everybody plays it now. And I remember, especially at the beginning of season four, when people were like, wait, are you playing with primacy? And we would forget to say so. I think at this point, you just assume they are, unless they say they're not. Like last yeah. uh, last time when we were talking with Sherard, he was saying that he made this vampire stack that didn't have any primacy in it. 
And he yeah. said that he was re- he was relying on his opponent <laughs> to play primacy so that he could get the primacy token when he attacked things. So, Which is smart, huh? Yeah, but I pretty I much know, just assume just... it's part of the game at this point, but I don't know. I guess yeah. there is a there could be a weird situation where neither of you would have any cards for it, and then I it... guess you wouldn't play with it, but I guess yeah. you do have to still ask, huh? There's too many good cards that mention the primacy token out there. Right, right. That I, I think people who are playing, you know, yeah, any season four cards, like you're going to be playing primacy. I wonder I think if that'll be like, like in the game rules <clears throat> in the next expansion right. like when they make the next core set is that just going to be in the I core think it's just going to be a part of it where so you don't yeah. have to like have any cards that say using the primacy could be kind of weird anyway yeah. uh there's second side to the card uh, which is yeah go for it the more important how do you get one. Yep. yeah how do you get it a player against primacy token after an activation in which friendly fights attack action targeted a fighter with no wound counters and took that fighter out of action so you one-shot an enemy fighter, yep. or in which a friendly fighter's attack action took an enemy leader out of action, or if their warband's warband holds four or more objectives. If a player has the primacy token at the end of the round, they gain one spent glory point and then discard the primacy token. So when you read this first time, it sounds pretty clear. What's, what's written on the card is kind of clear, but the problem is what's not written <laughs> on the card. Um, and that, well, has the whole uh, community a bit, you know, it's, discussing. Yeah. And of course, this is the timing of when the primacy token is gained and lost. Exactly. And there's been, there are a lot of weird card interactions uh, and trying to figure that out. And it has not been FAQ'd yet uh, because we have not gotten an FAQ. We've gotten an errata. We've gotten a update to the FAR. We have not gotten an FAQ. And I feel like there's a lot of stuff that needs to be FAQ'd, of course. You know, now that, you know, to- you know, in-person in tournaments and even, you know, larger online tournaments have been around for like a while. I, I would have assumed they would have wanted to have done something about this, but uh, it's been a while. So let's talk about that. Now, Val, what, what, are, you, what are you hearing in the interwebs about how are people playing it, and when you're uh, running your tournament, like what is your house rules on how this is happening? Yeah, I know on Vassal they usually play it that after an activation, you have all the stuff. Uh, hold on, what what happens after the activation? Yeah, you inspire, then you have the reaction window, and then you get primacy. That's so that end. means, okay. yeah, at the very end. So that means you cannot use a newly gained primacy token for a reaction which uh, is uh, it's affecting the mad mob because they have some reactions very nice reactions that they cannot use so you basically have the to have the primacy before you even uh, have your activation which makes it a lot weaker in our tournament in the straight out of shades by tournament i was play i was playing it differently I said after the activation after the last action of the activation you get primacy then you have inspire because then inspiration of for the mad mob and other warbands fall at the same point in time right and then you have your reaction and then you score your um uh, your objectives so See, that's that- a, hey, can I just point out before you move on like I I think that that makes a lot of sense like from having played 
head crack is loud for like a few weeks. I, I think that makes more sense because if you inspire when you gain the primacy token, should shouldn't the primacy token be taken around the inspiration trigger or it has or before it would have to be before it so that you can actually inspire at that time so i i i understand the idea of getting it after primus uh, getting it after the reaction window i see why people are doing that but i think that so when you're going like i would like to like make a rules as intended versus rules as written argument here but but you can't really do that because it's not written anywhere um, so, uh, but I think that your way, because it lines up with the inspire mechanic better, uh, the inspire window, uh, better, I think that the way that you've been doing, it makes, uh, more sense. Yeah. I think also it, there are more things that line up with other war bands. For example, you have Clackdrock, he makes an attack successful, he inspires, yep. Yep. and then he can react inspired. Yes. And with the mad mob they should also be able to react inspired so they should get the primacy token before the reaction right because that makes them inspire for example uh another thing is with other reactions for example the mortis relics you get the gauntlet of dominance or the mm -hmm. crown of the dead if you have zero glory before you attack or before you activate and you get the glory in the activation you can you can spend that glory on the reaction. Right. So you gain, you can spend you the glory the token that you gain. Yeah. yeah. So you should also be able to spend, to gain the token and spend it for a reaction, just like with all these other cards. But it's still, I understand it's debatable and it can be very strong in certain situations. Uh, to me, that just fits more into, into what has been done with other warbands and other cards and other things. Yeah, and I hope just for the headcrackers, Mad Mobs, just for their sake, I, I just hope that the uh, the eventual FAQ doesn't do the same thing that like other FAQs have done, where it's like, oh, we were noticing this reaction with a very strong warband, so we have to make it so that they can't do their crazy thing. But then the weaker warbands, you know, like Eyes of the Nine, Cry, you know, uh, or, uh, you know, whatever it is, uh, they... Yeah. Uh, you know, all, all those other war bands that wanted magic and it's like they couldn't do it because the curse breakers ruined it for everybody. And now uh, this like really hard aggro, it's like it's like using primacy as like a, as like a weapon, basically. Um, those guys are going to have to get maybe they're going to have to get toned down. And then one of the you know collateral damages of that is going to be the headcrackers are going to become mm. much weaker. But, and um, I hate it when that happens, even though it needs to happen. But it's like, yeah, just one little uh, note. I mean, I'm not mentioning this now to start the whole discussion in the community again, uh, because there were really heated discussions on Discord about this subject, still ongoing. The most important thing is that there's just some sort of, of an agreement that the players know before they play, whatever it is, so that there is no argument during the game. And as long as we don't have an FAQ, either way is fine. Uh, as, in as long respect. as everybody yeah especially in casual situations and in yeah you know and in organized situations just defer to whatever the to says but yeah. find out earlier than when you arrive at the event because you're probably going to build your deck around the ideas of how things work and so uh so just 
yeah. So the, ch check to see how your uh, event organizer is dealing with the primacy if you plan on doing anything that involves that, especially if you're playing Headcrackers, which is what we're going to get into uh, right now. So uh, let's get going. Finally. All right. Finally, <laughs> we did it. We got there. Um, so Headcrackers Mad Mob is a four orky warband, four, four, four orcs, forks, forks, if you will. And uh, they have, I wouldn't say it's like a wall of text like we saw with the Crimson Court, but there's quite a bit of stuff going on over here. And let's talk with Headcracker, uh, with the, I would say, the best beer belly in in the game of Warhammer Underworlds. Headcracker, the gob of Gork. I have no idea what any of that meant. Um, but let's talk about what he's got. So he is a shaman of some sort. Is that what he is? I guess. Looks like it. He's yeah. Got a staff. Gork he's got is a snake. Uh, Gork is one of the orc gods. Okay. The god of orcs. Gork. There's Support Gork, Manto. There's Gork and Mork. Those are the gods of the orcs. And I'm not joking. Oh, it should be Mork and Gork. Yeah. Or Gork and Morka. Yeah. I can't. I, let's just keep saying things that rhyme with orc. Yeah, orc. so I guess you could Dork. say, I mean, he looks like a shaman, but he orc. counts as a wizard in this game because we don't have, like, priests or shamans or whatever. We just, uh, if you use any sort of magic, you're just a wizard. Gotcha. Okay. Level two, uh, which is pretty good. Uh, has two attacks to start. Uh, one is a two-two-two slash line. That is the uh, the beat stick. That's on Furies, of course. So uh, two two Fury is is not super accurate, and you're going to hear me say that a lot. Um, he also has the Bone Crusher, which honestly I thought I didn't realize that that was what the crushing thing like is talking about. But then I, I figured, oh, wait, that is a new uh, keyword that I've never seen before. Uh, so this is a three range, two on swirls, two because of his wizard level, one damage. Uh, so that is and it has crushin with a K and crushin is plus one damage if the target is adjacent. So if uh, Headcrack is standing next to his target, even though it's a range three attack, uh, and you're doing it from range one, you will get plus one damage on that with a three, two, four bottom slash line, which is not terrible. Um, a little slow, but some good defense and and pretty tanky. And that's what we got over here. Now, Headcracker also has something called Primal Portent. And Primal Portent says, uh, when you gain the primacy token, choose one friendly fighter. That fighter is inspired, including itself, right? Himself themselves so remember whenever it's a friend like any friendly fighter that includes yourself so in anytime you see text like that that's what that means so uh it's a little bit of a thundric situation here it's probably a good idea to to protect him especially early in the game yeah there's a lot uh, of war yeah. like you've been doing thundric and yeah. um blade coven yeah blade coven too that was the other one i was trying to think i know that there's another one but yeah the blade coven is another one that that where you have to have your leader on the on the battlefield in order to inspire. Okay, so that's pretty good. Now, let's say... Oh, he also has uh, something called Primal Surge, which you have to look at Tooth Dagger's card, because it's over there. Tooth Dagger's card, so we're just going to go hop over there for one second. Has Primal Surge. 
After an attack action in which this fighter's attack action takes an enemy fighter out of action, gain the primacy token. Wallop has that as well. Tooth Dagger has that and Headcracker has it. I don't think Daco does. No, he does not. No, he doesn't. So, so you have three guys that can get the primacy token on any kill, not just a one-shot or a kill of the leader. Very interesting leader stats, I think. And then you flip them over, and uh, his little wall of text is exactly the same, only his crushing goes up to two damage, so you can actually deal three damage from a range one spell attack. His uh, spell attack otherwise stays the same, and his staff goes up to three fury, and he gets a little faster. He goes up to four. So does he gain a lot from inspiring? I, I would say he gains a, a decent amount. Well, the biggest thing he um, gets is the fact that he he gets plus two damage with his if you're adjacent and you use your spell attack. This is a so three, damage. three damage. I know, and yeah. I was talking about like, and 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 it was pointed out to me, I think by you, Val. Uh, somebody was saying that, like, oh, you were talking about, like, when can you do three damage in attack? Had Kraka inspired from range one, but still not great. Yeah, it was, no, it was that card, um, magic mm. something, where you something, need to do yeah. a three, three damage with a spell. With a spell. Or a spell. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so that's one way to do it. Uh, now, the next fighter we have is Wallop de Skull. And uh, Wallop is, uh, he's Wallopy. He's, he's pretty big. He's got the big Champa, which is a one range, two smash, two damage, and has a keyword called Leveler. And uh, Leveler is plus one damage if the target has a wounds characteristic four, so basically it's just Glory Seeker. Uh, a three, one, four bottom slash line on dodges, which is, one dodge is not much. Especially for a big guy like that. But he also has the Primal Surge thing like Tooth Dagger. Now, if you inspire him, he gains Cleave on his attack, but it is still two smash two damage. Gets a little faster, goes up to four. Still only one dodge. Not that great. The leveler is still there, so he still has Glory Seeker built in. And also has something new called Lucky War Paint, which is a reroll on one dice in the fighter's defense rolls. So you get a reroll on defense, and uh, I've gotten lucky a couple of times on a reroll. But um, it's nice to have. I don't think it really makes up for the fact that he's one dodge. No, so, not really. Not really. Um, so that's what we got there. All right. Um, but I think that Wallop, Wallop's pretty good because he he's kind of like your initial butt kicker, I think. Like, uh, it's good to, I, I like to have him out front and just try to do a lot of damage real quick. Uh, you know, if somebody's, you know, try to put a, you know, I try to put, you know, lethal hexes behind starting hexes and try to like use wallop to like push people into it and kill, like try to one shot one, uh, four wound fighters by pushing them into lethals, you know, that kind of stuff. Uh, Val, anything you want to say about wallop before we move on? Yeah. <clears throat> Just uh, one uh, one little comment uh, about Headcracker and then Wallop, if you don't mind. Yeah, no, go so, for Yeah, so Headcracker <clears throat> is really uh, important uh, because you can't inspire your guys without him, except if you have some cards. Mm -hmm. So losing him early is uh, really, really, really bad. Um, so 
his his crushing ability doesn't really come into play until later in the game, at least most of the time for me, because I don't want to move him really close um, in the first round. Usually what I do is the last one to make a charge, and yeah. I usually I usually charge him like behind one of my guys and use his two range attack mm. with a support um, so I can still do two damage. That's how I usually use him because three range for one damage, eh, it's, yeah. uh, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, unless uh, Wallop, Wallop comes in, does three, and then you finish him off with Headcracker. But, I mean, yeah, there, there, there's true. utility there. But, yeah, no, I see what you're saying. And then, yeah, Wallop, um, the level ability is, of course, is good. It's better than just two damage, but you have to, but it's not as good as it looks like when you first look at it because you can't one shot the three wound fighter with it no nope. you can't one shot the four wound fighter with it unless you have nope. a lethal x or something behind him so right. um so and that's actually um a big weakness of this aggro warband is that they don't have anybody who can actually do three damage uh solidly um under any circumstances uninspired at least yeah. yeah, I think that they they would be a little bit more terrifying if they were if they did. Yeah, that's true. But uh, I mean, stat wise, uninspired, I think they're worse than the than Iron Skulls boys because you got in Iron Skulls boys, you got four. They got three moves. They got four wounds. The boss is five wounds. He can do three damage off the bat. Yeah. Um, I think in terms of you know they're more dangerous uninspired than these guys are. Yep. All right, moving on. Tooth Dagger. I'm kind of annoyed at how they spell these things, but Tooth Dagger <laughs> uh, has Tooth, tooth, tooth Dagger's daggers. And um, Tooth Dagger is just really trying to be Wolverine, like really, really badly. Huge fan of the Claremont, you know, years. I get it. Um, there, He has a one range, three on Furies, two damage attack. And a three-one-four bottom slash line, just like Wallop on the uh, on dodges. Now, he does have a couple of interesting things. So he has the primal surge. If he kills something that he's that he's uh, he's attacking, he gets the primacy token, no matter what, one shot or not. Um, but also has something interesting called tireless trackers, where at the start of the first round. You can choose up to two other friendly hunters. I, I, I may have forgotten to mention this, but Wallop, Toothdaga, and Daco are all hunters, but not Headcracker. And you can push each one of them one hex towards an enemy leader. So since the leader is on the other side of the field, basically you can just kind of sidestep them forwards at the very beginning of the game. You know, if you have a, a guy and they put, you know, a lethal hex behind you, you can actually use that to to get a little further away from the lethal hex, a little bit closer to your your targets. If you choose to inspire him, uh, Tooth Dagger, much like Wolverine, goes into berser a berserker rage and uh, moves up to a one range four fury two damage attack and gets a, a something called Savage which is on a critical hit, this attack action uh, has one damage. So that was Fighter's Ferocity, I believe, when inspired. And his bottom slash line gets markedly better. He goes up to 4-2-4 four, four on dodges, so he gets an extra defense roll. 
what yeah. do you think about uh, Wolverine over here? To me, this is this is my go-to orc in the team. I mean, he's he's yeah, me he's the best one. He's the first one to inspire, also for sure, mm -hmm. um, because he gets the most out of inspiring. Yeah, he gets a me. lot out of it. He gets yeah. a two dodge, with, which is crucial to keep him alive, and he mm -hmm. can do also the three damage if you're lucky. And four fury is. It, is pretty good too, but of course we've all had it happen that we roll ten dice and no fury. Yeah, <laughs> but I mean, look, look, just because that, that happens okay. a lot doesn't mean that that's like statistically what's supposed to happen. <laughs> to me, maybe, but not to others. But why does everybody think that? <laughs> like four, four on fury is pretty good. But I yeah, definitely. Yeah. Who was I playing the other day? I was playing. I was playing Yuri. Uh, in the Vassal League, and I think that that's what happened to me. Is like I went to like a four four uh, fury tooth dag attack with I think I had Savage Visage and something else on him, so I could like reroll like two or three of the dice or something like that. Just whiffed, yeah. just straight up whiff the whole yeah, thing. I, I couldn't believe it. I got Rajade basically. You know the <laughs> you know the, the curse of Rajade when we used to play a uh, potion of rage, and you would like uh, use it and you'd roll like seven yeah. dice and they would all be like single supports. Oh god, I can't tell you right. how much, how often that happened when I was playing Scathe with a Scything attack, Potion yeah. of Rage, uh, what was Doesn't that matter. thing called, the Haymaker, oh my god. Haymaker, oh yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> All of it. No, it doesn't, no, you're going to mess everything. Nothing. But anyway, I, my, Tuftag, my favorite part is when that happened, when I really needed the kills, that's my favorite. Yeah. 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 Um, anyway, Toothdagger. yeah, he's, he's the big one. boy. Yeah, I yeah, think so he's too. The big, he's the big boy. He, you know what? He's good at what he does, and what he does is not very nice. Daco Sharpsticka yeah. is just trash. Okay, so he has the Stingabow, which, by the way, was really hard to put on his mini. Do you remember having to do that? Like I sticking actually... the, 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 the little thing on him? It's like the, the arrow was like crazy putting it on him. I uh, I even um, took the trouble to string the bow. I put I took a little oh really I took a little string and put it on the bow so it looks like a real bow. Oh, that's cool. Oh, yeah. bad. <laughs> there was not a bad. lot of fiddling though. Yeah. I bet. Okay, so uh, he's also a hunter. Uh, he has a bow that is a three range. Fine. Two fury, one damage. And um, if I sound unimpressed, it's because I'm unimpressed. He has the primal tracker thing. Oh, so wait, hold on a second. Oh, oh, sorry. No, no, no. That's not the same thing. Hold up. Let's go to lots of arrows, which just, mm. they're, they're called arrows, guys. This is the reaction. Uh, after this fighter's activation, if the fighter has no move or charge tokens, make this attack action. Then give the fighter one charge token. So if you want to double tap, it's going to cost you a charge token, and you have to have not moved. I have used that a couple times, but I usually find that to be pretty not helpful. Nah, I I usually just use it when I'm really desperate to make uh, to kill some fighter who has only one wound left, uh, yeah. and I want to kill him or. If I want to get a charge token on him to score, here we go. But I don't actually want to move. 
So let's say I'm standing on an objective. I don't want mm. the dinosaurs to get the objective, but I mm. want to score. Here we go. So um, where I need this charge token on everyone. You need a token, not how to have yeah. made a charge. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. So then I use it, but it's like one time in I don't know four games, five games. Yeah. Yeah. Me too. Something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Um. He but also has something called. No. Yeah. Go ahead. No, no, go ahead. Okay, I was going to go move on to Primal Tracker. Um, after this fighter's move action, after the move action, I want to talk about this for a second. Yeah. Uh, if this fighter <laughs> holds an objective in enemy territory and there are no enemy fighters within two hexes, you gain the primacy token. I don't think I've ever gotten the primacy token this way because I think that really? people know. Yeah, I think people like that I played against like know how that is and they will not put their guys in a situation where I can do that. I, I think it's very it's so telegraphed that he wants to do that that you that I think people protect it. And 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 this is an issue that that we're gonna talk about uh when we talk about it. But uh but yeah. Okay, so uh a three one four bottom slash line just like wallop and toop dagger start on. He gets marginally better when he is um when he's inspired. He still has lots of errors, he still has primal tracker. I don't believe that the, the the information changes on either one of those. It's still a charge token. It's still two hexes. Yeah. And uh, he gets the lucky war paint thing that Wallop had. One reroll on defense. So even though they have less dice on when they're inspired, they do get the rerolls. So it's kind of like not exactly as good as two. Um, and But they do get the reroll. He also goes up to 414 just like the other guys, do, uh, just like Wallop does. Now, let's talk about Primal Tracker just real quick. It's after the move action, right? Mm. So what happens if he charges? Yeah, um, then the, he charges yeah. a move and then it's an attack. So so is it like, can you charge onto something, shoot at somebody, push them away, or drive them back, whatever, and now they're three away and so now do you get the primacy token or does it have to you get the primacy token at the end of the move part of the super action where it like before you shoot well, if it's a super action it would have to be after everything is over right right that's what i so, would say if they have if, if but, you're doing a if if the thing triggers off doing a move action and then you do a super action it happens after the attack and after everything is gone uh, the That's the, the yeah the, the the so and again this goes back to when do you pull primacy like does it happen again, after yeah, the activation yeah, because you right so like yeah exactly so again this has to be faq'd because it's a little weird and there have been situations where i've been able to uh charge onto an objective and shoot somebody backwards and now at the end of the shot you know at the end of the charge at the end of the activation now i am uh, you know, two away, more than two away. So do I get it there? I played in that way because otherwise it might as well just not be there. And yeah, how often got to do something, how, right? How, how often is there, I mean, take a circle. Uh, you have, you have an objective in enemy territory, two hexes away. That's already six hexes around. And then I don't know how many yep. around it. So how yeah. often do you have nobody standing there? Um, sometimes it happens, but many times you need to have a shot. And, and I mean, come on, you manage to move on that 
and then you make a crappy two sword attack and push him away. Right. I mean, come on. If that doesn't earn you the primacy, then I don't know what does. Give the <laughs> give the orc a break. Exactly. Right? I just want to say, don't hate too much on Deco. I have I have managed to to get primacy quite a few times in the first activation. It doesn't work on everybody. It doesn't work in all situations worked, in all yeah. warbands. It works better the fewer fighters are in the enemy warband, the better it works, yeah. of course. Yeah. But I usually I, I try to put one objective token as far away as possible in the enemy territory, as far away as possible from most of the starting hexes, and then put the lethal behind the closest starting hex. To, mm. And that sometimes works to discourage the people to put a from putting a fighter there. It doesn't work all the time, but if you have wallop around also there in charge range, then I might think about it whether they put their little Prince Duval right there. Yeah, because then you might one-shot him. So, yeah, sure. uh, but not all the time, not against all people, um, but occasionally. And if you do, it's a really good start. Because then you just inspire Tooth Dagger already, and then you can do some serious shit in the second activation. Absolutely. So so what do we, let, let's talk about just like what, how we feel about these guys. And if it isn't, I mean, like, it's obviously true that that from from what we've been talking about that we're a little nonplussed about these guys right um but they do have some strengths so let's let's talk about that first four wounds all around that's 16 you know wounds that you have to chew through that's, that's pretty good that's that's yeah. pretty big yeah it's more than you know curse breakers it's actually even more than the crushes yep so that's, that's good yeah we like tooth dagger he's pretty good <laughs> yeah um yeah his little ability and his uh fighting stats are decent yeah yeah i also found that you can qu score quite a lot even if three of your fighters die okay. um if you're a bit lucky and we'll get into objectives later but there are lots of objectives which just say all your surviving fighters have to do this or that right so, so even in, you can afford yeah, right. to lose a couple of fighters and you and you don't have to worry about particular cards bricking on you yeah I gotcha. don't know if that's a strength or just something that mitigates the weaknesses May, yeah them. maybe i i wonder if they were like thinking about that when they were uh when they were designing them uh weaknesses mm. that's well, just like it's like Urgh, I just wish there was a little bit more on him. Just a little bit more. You were saying earlier um, that it's it's difficult. Like even though Wallop has that leveler ability to go up to three damage, and Headcracker go, increases damage also. It it kind of it sounds cool, but it's not actually that practical since you still need to yeah. have two attacks on somebody to to kill them if they have four health. Or if they have three health, then you still can't one-shot them because they need to have four to, to for it to go up in damage. Yeah, exactly. Annoying. I would really, it would really be nice to have one guy who just has Does three, yeah. three damage or easy without any conditions, three. right? Unconditional right, right. three damage. That's that makes them pretty weak against four wound fighters like the Crimson Court. Uh, yeah. You can't one-shot one of them. Yeah. Of course, they can't one-shot you either, but. 
still, still, You're a giant orc. still, they can get to an unconditional three damage, and you can't. You always you need to roll a crit, you need to be a chaser, you need to do this or that, or have an upgrade. Uh, they have it a bit easier sometimes. Also, of course, they're really weak against warbands who can play passively and longboard yeah. you. Yeah, I, I played I against. Yeah, uh, sorry, I just I, I played against Amon in our in our league game, and I was playing Headcrackers because I was getting prepared for this episode, and he was playing, and he talks about it on on, on a recent episode, and and uh, he was playing this this tuned up Grimwatch deck, and it's like, if I have even mildly less than normal dice variance, I'm totally screwed against those guys because they score so quickly and so passively that it's like unless i'm just going around just destroying dudes like every attack landing i'm not gonna be able to catch up and so when he when he played like for instance i remember the second game um i went in to go and try to like wallop was just in a good spot with with uh with crack marrow standing right there in front of a you know in front of a lethal so i'm like well if i go in here and hit him like the game's over and of course he critted out of it because why wouldn't he? Mm. And then uh, the same thing happened with Almost. like a Gristlewell shot later in the game where he like critted out of it. And it was like, all right, well then I'm done. And it's like, even in the situation, I think where I made that shot against Crack Marrow because of the stat difference and what they can do with each other, you know, what they can do against each other. I still think that he scores faster than me. So I, I don't know if, if in that you know, when you're playing against like some of those elite war bands, like I, I didn't get to play against Crushes or Molog or anything like that, but um, I just wonder if those guys who are are used to just scoring really quick, I wonder if Headcracker can like even even hang. Yeah, um, yeah. I, I played a it's... pretty high scoring game against Soul Raid. Um, but really, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was like I think it ended up like twenty two, twenty one, or something like that. Like it ended up pretty high. Um, but uh, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I uh, played a game against Soul Raid and I, I got totally crushed because he well, longboarded yeah, long right? me. He stood, he, he placed his fighters all the way in the back. Mm -hmm. He he just, he drew cards, first activation, second activation, third activation. He only drew cards. And every time after my power step, he put the, the stupid fish, you know, in, in, in the middle of my fish. fighters. And then he put all the poison. So he puts the fish next yes. to ne next to Toonfagger. Uh -huh. He puts the poison on him where he gets one damage every time he moves. Fuck. That then he puts fish the is poison. Yeah. And then he puts the poison on me where I get one one wound counter at the end of each round. Okay. That's two power steps. By the time um, you get over to him, you're dead. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So Toonfagger is already dead and he hasn't even made a single move. Yeah. Uh, when okay. I played the soul then, raid, the guy, the guy uh, wide uh, board me didn't didn't do the longboard. And then of course, and then of course he longboarded me, so I have to spend the whole first round just moving, which even damages me because I'm poisoned. Right. Uh, it was a night. It was, and then I'm finally there. Second round, he inspires, bam, three hammer attacks, just you know knocks me out. That's it. <laughs> So, so, and, and so I, I think that another like issue with this warband is just how much you have to play with the primacy token and how much you have to tech into it, you know, cause they're the whole point of them, the way that they inspire and they get a lot out of having the primacy. We're going to talk about some of the cards. A lot of them are stronger when you're holding the primacy token or when you get rid of the primacy token. 
So you have to, I think, necessarily put a lot of primacy shifting stuff into it. And I just don't think it jibes particularly well with, um, you know, against other stuff. Like, I think at least with the Crimson Court, where you were like tacking into like hunger, nobody else plays hunger. Nobody has stuff to take hunger tokens off of you because nobody's going to play that. Everybody plays with primacy now. And they want the primacy token too. And they're going to try to take it from you. And so it, it it necessarily gets in your in your business. Yeah, but but I have to say the primacy thing is also the strength of the warband because it happens that you get a great combo of losing it, gaining it, losing it, gaining it, and it just it's a crazy train with no brakes. That happens also, um, but you need to have a lot of experience to know in which sequence to do your moves and to play your cards and that that's just still uh, you know um fries my brain and drives me yeah. mad all the time when i'm like shit i should have played this card first not that one happens to right. me all the time and like but when you're playing an aggro when you're playing aggro yeah. you just want to smash things and throw dice you know i don't want to mm. think don't make me think. Um, so I'm going to say that, uh, so, so, so for just on the face of things, uh, you know, what, what do we think about headcrackers just overall, uh, you know, and how, how, what, what they're like toolkits. Like, I, I mean, personally, I, I, I think they're kind of like the New York jets. They suck. They're green and they have like one good player. That is, <laughs> that is the most perfect explanation of these guys, the New York jets. New York Jets. Yeah. Right. See, there you go. I knew it. I just thought of that. They're like just kind of, I, I don't okay. know. They're just kind of forgettable in the in the whole grand scheme of things. Like you kind of yeah. forget they exist. They have a cool mechanic. I think that I think the primacy, if if it was a little better explained, um, it would be really cool. But the, these guys well, just their stat lines and the the amount of hoops you have to jump through to get them to actually do stuff in the game is kind of unappealing to me i think right like i well here's the thing i think in every season you know they can't all be winners you know yeah. so i think that in every season there's always been like one or two war bands where it's like all right so this is just like a little dumpster fire over here like let's move on um you know we had that with like i mean i i, I know people will get on my case for this but eyes of the nine yeah. and you know guardians and uh, Ola Guardians had their heyday for a minute there. Um, you know, in the Beast Graves season, uh, who, who does nobody play ever? I mean, you know, Blade Coven, you know, I, I, I love them, but they're not like great. So, and I, I think that, I think that we get kind of the same thing here. Ravagers as well, although they're, they're trying the whole, you know, trying to buff them two objectives thing, the beta rule thing. Anyway, so I just, uh, they're, they're not easy to play. They're not easy to play, and I think that in order to be a great warband, it has to be very obvious what to do. Uh, sorry, it has to not necessarily be obvious what to do with it, and 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 that's um, the issue with these guys. Another like negative to them, it's like if you if somebody pulls headcrackers out, you're like, okay, you're gonna try to get primacy and try to punch me in the face. That's it. Yeah, it's like very unidimensional. So there's no like. Like, what are you gonna do with it? Like, if you if you pull out Crimson Court, it's like, oh, are you gonna play aggro? Are you gonna play like hunger? Are you gonna play like sit in the back? You know, like if you're playing uh, 
you know, uh, Miari's like, how are you going to do that? You know? And it's like, I feel like a lot of war bands, it's like, Oh, I don't really know what you're going to do in the first round because there's so many ways to play this. Like these guys, they're just going to get primacy and punch you in the face. They're coming. That's it. Very predictable. Very telegraphy. Uh, any other thing you want to talk about before we move on to cards? No, I, I just want to say while they are not, uh, you know, an ST warband, I think they're, they're, they are a fun warband. I, I, I'm having fun playing them. I did not um, say they weren't fun, but they are challenging. But yeah, go ahead. Although I have yeah. fun when I win. And, and they don't really like win well, that much. I think the difference between them and the, the other aggro warbands is, is, is a very, it's a mean one because I always think with the normal Iagra Warbands, others, I always know, okay, I lose or win with the dice. Here, it keeps me hoping that I might find a good primacy combo that I can actually win, when in reality, it's still the dice. <laughs> yes, <laughs> you know? it always is. <laughs> but anyway, I've, I've, I've I like cursed it. my dice, and you know, and I've, I've been on the record where I don't like to curse my dice. This Warband makes me curse my dice. Like I've heard you curse your dice. I, I've I've had so many just just accuracy issues, but we'll talk I about curse it later. you. All right, um, Val, you and I have been playing. Yeah. Uh, you've been playing a, a Vanguard style, and I've been playing yes. a, a championship <clears throat> style. So, uh, so when we we talk about certain cards, we're talking about it from different different viewpoints formats but let's get started talking about these objectives and as we always do when we go over the cards we're just talking faction specific cards and we're really just talking about things that we think are either auto includes or if it's you know a a, a faction where there's maybe like more than one way to play them we say well if you're playing it this way you could take this card if you're playing that but everything is kind of just punch you in the face aggro we're really just kind of not splitting it up all that much uh let's talk about a few of these let's get started auto includes you said bring it on is an auto include yeah uh, randall you're gonna on. read this one okay uh, yeah that's how it works bring it on yeah yeah is a surge dual card it says score this immediately after an activation if an enemy fighter made an attack action in that activation that targeted a friendly fighter as part of a charge action and that friendly fighter is not out of action. So you have to charge at them and not kill them. And you get a surge dual, you get a surge objective. You have to be charged at. Af it's an the enemy, enemy fighter, fighter attacking made, Oh, okay, okay, I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. it's if, if, if the enemy charges at you and doesn't kill you. Uh, you also don't score it if they push you into lethal legs. You, right. You, Even though you survive the charge, but they push you into the lethal because that's still part of the it's after activation. the activate yeah it's yeah. after the activation but anyway i mean they have four wounds the enemy is going to charge at you and yeah, that's gonna most happen. likely it's going to i mean it's an auto score at some point in the game the earlier you have the card in your hand obviously the better because the less upgrades and damage they're going to have so for right. me this is a good uh, no brainer yeah, and the vampires really had a similar card that did a similar thing, and and we had said that that was an auto include. All right, the next one you said was an auto include, uh, Randall. Is here we go. Yep, here we go. Is a surge hybrid. Score this immediately after an activation if each surviving friendly fighter is in enemy territory, or each surviving friendly fighter has one or more charge tokens. 
So this is good that it says each rather than like having a minimum, because you can still do it with a one. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. you, can do it you know, just one. you're doing aggro, so you're. I guess you're gonna try to get into your territory. You ha into their territory. You have Toothdagger's um, thing where he moves everybody at the beginning of the game, which is pretty nice. Mm -hmm. And um, mm -hmm. you know, either well, you, not but, everybody. You can't you can't move Headcracker himself because he's not a hunter. Hunter, but yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. And then, uh, so yeah, I mean, I guess you you kind of want to keep Headcracker in the back, I guess, but he doesn't have the so you so you know so he doesn't die early. And but he doesn't have the thing that can, where he can get moved by Toothdagger. So, but anyway, either right. way, it's you have like the 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 out where it's just you have to have all charge tokens on every on everybody that's surviving. So you don't have to be in their territory. Either. Yeah, and he has his you know his spell attack, so he has a decent threat. Yeah, range. he has range. Yeah, if you're trying to go that route. Yeah. Uh, anyway, also it. Um, synergizes uh, very well with other objectives that you want to take, like right. bold deeds, dominant display, all these things that require you to have each surviving sure. fighter in even, enemy territory. Um, even show a force, you know, because you can get that for the same reason. There's a few of those in, in the game now. Objectives yeah. that require you to have all your people or a certain number of people yeah. in enemy territory to, to score. So you, you Trying can, to get you everybody can jumbled double up, up on <clears> those. With this infaction card. Yeah, I think that they were trying to. I, I I bet they were trying to make sure that the game became more interactive. Yeah, which is making weird sure you because, get people in early. Yeah. Right. So, which is weird because still the best war bands are the ones that can score without being interactive. But uh, okay. Uh, so uh, the next one we had there, Valen Randall is Green Fury. Green Fury is a surge that says score this immediately. After an activation in which a friendly fighter with one or more wound counters made one or more successful attack actions for one. Yeah, I like this one. Yeah. Yeah, basically, <laughs> they come at you, they hit you, you score bring it on, you hit them back, you score green fury. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> yeah, I th for sure, in Vanguard... Where they can't one shot you all the time, like in championship, this is it's okay. I I I I would include it in my deck for sure. I was using it. Yeah, yeah. I, th I think it's uh, I think it's pretty good. Uh, it it kind of sucks that you kind of have to. Sometimes you have to hold on to it and wait with it. Uh, so you have to kind of like look at the, yeah. you know, but between you can... between rounds, you have to kind of like look at uh, the board state and figure out whether it's going to happen or not. And I've definitely had a situation where I've thrown Green Fury away, and then of course I get I get hit, and then the opportunity arises. But don't forget, your attack action also has to be successful. It's an aggro card that doesn't require you to make a kill. It just yeah. needs successful just, attack. Just successful. And I mean, what I do with Deco, um, if I really need it. Um, sometimes I just charge him through a lethal mm. and then make the attack. That's right. You can also do it through a lethal. The, uh, yeah. the old fashioned orc way. All right. Exactly. And, and yeah. <laughs> and another one that, that you liked, um, especially in the Vanguard format, I think, I, I think it's better in the Vanguard format, um, is, uh, is smash them. Smash them. Mm -hmm. Says hybrid score this in NN phase if two or more enemy fighters are out of action and you have the primacy token, or three or more enemy fighters are out of action for two glory. Yeah. So I N like phase it. for two glory. 
that rewards you for taking enemy fighters out of action? The Enphase Aggro, uh, two point, two glory Enphase Aggro objectives that other warbands have, or I think also the universes now, they, they require you to have three enemies out of action or three enemies and one of them is a quarry, something like that. Um, or and this you have is to kill, a, or like a, clean kills, bold deeds, <clears throat> or, you know, like yeah. they're all different stipulations, yeah. But here, I think two fighters and primacy is... Is doable, especially yeah. you don't need to have them out of action in the same round. You can draw this in the third round, and two are already out of action. You don't even need to do anything. Okay, you need to get the primacy, of course. But I think in Vanguard it's good. Uh, it supports their playstyle. It gives you two glory, and there is not too many other good. Things, yeah, I think I, I think that in glory. championship, just because you have a whole nother set of you know cards yeah. to choose from, there's just like more stuff that might be a little stronger. But I think in Vanguard, where the card pool is smaller, that the, the, this is a better choice. It's also than, nice than because they have they have alternate ways to get the primacy, uh, you know, yes. through cards, and then also they can get it just by killing someone. Period, rather than having to do like the one shot, which is going to be pretty hard for them to do um, right. most of the time. So like the fact that you can sort of chip away at them uh, with multiple attacks and then still get the primacy token and then score this may makes it pretty good. Exactly, a, because yeah. if you kill somebody, you get the primacy also. Especially good against like and getting primacy. Like if you're going against Kanans or Lizardmen or... Uh, you know, anybody with like two wound fighters, you know, like Glissette and Hadzu, you know, it's going to be a little bit easier to, well, to deal with that. But even if you're going up against, you know, like three big boys. like Yeah, if you're going up against boys, Wormspat like, uh, and you have against... to attack them like multiple times to kill them, mm -hmm. you still get the primacy even though you didn't one shot them. You know, and if you kill right. two we're gonna them... we're going to have a lot of. Yeah. And don't forget, they, they get the primacy from a kill, not from a one shot. Exactly. That's what I'm trying to say. Yeah. yeah, I think. Yeah, yeah, I think I think Daco and uh, and Headcracker are the only two guys that can't do that. But uh, but Wallop and Tooth Dagger can actually just just kill stuff straight up. Also Headcracker. Also Headcracker. Headcracker has it too. Okay, yeah. so there you go. So so just make sure that whoever you're attacking, they're a little softer yeah, before you. Yeah, it's just Daco. You, you got to soften them up. Daco softens them up. Yeah. And then the other guys go in for the kill. All right. So uh, that's all we really thought about the objectives. Like some of them that the other ones are like, okay, but not great. But those are the ones we thought were, were auto includes. And of course, smash them if you're playing Vanguard. Let's get started with Gambits. Let's get started. Uh, the Great Stomp. The Great Stomp is a ploy. Gambit yeah. says push each friendly fighter up to one hex towards the nearest enemy fighter. So Just push your whole team step. with one card. Love it. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it, it does it, it does kind of limit where you can go. It's hard to, like, if you, like, need to be on an objective or something like that or you need to be in a very specific spot, it's a little awkward. But this is great, like, when you said you're struggling with, uh, you know, warbands that longboard you, this is going to be very helpful if you get this in your opening hand. Yeah, I think it's, uh, it's also good for getting support. Um... Sure, yeah, you could play I mean, this in, in between activations I surround. and surround a guy. I mean, I had quite a few games where all of a sudden I got three fighters next to one enemy fighter 
and he's shitting his pants all of a sudden. It's also good to score uh, one objective I have in my deck, which is unafraid. Uh, oh, yeah, I like that one. I was playing that one. That's, that's a universal a combo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So that's, that's the one where, that's... where if everybody's within two of a enemy fighter, you score two in the end phase. Exactly. Yeah, I love that with these guys because these guys are rushing in and they're they're causing a ruckus on your opponent's board. Like you're going to be that close. I score that almost every time. Yeah, except yeah. when it's this goddamn horse face ghosts, man. Oh, I don't want to be close. Oh, to the them, wraith but... creepers. Honestly, yeah. I, 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 yeah, I didn't buy them at first, and then this, and then I realized that they're not going to do like the champions of dreadfane thing with them and like sell them separately from the, from the uh, the starter pack. So I just got the starter set this weekend. I haven't even put them together yet. <clears throat> <laughs> All right. Um, then I, uh, yeah, I have no idea how the Wraith Creepers work. I haven't even played against them yet. Um, no. All right. Anyway, no, hasn't come up. Nobody's <laughs> oh, played shit. them against me. Yeah, Lucky I don't know what's going you. on. I, oh, you. are they really that bad? I heard they're pretty bad. Uh, okay. Uh, the next one, I, I won't. Uh, the next one we want to talk about is Primal Cunning. Cunning. There's a gambit, so choose cunning. one friendly fighter, then if you have the primacy token, you can give the primacy token to an opponent, push the chosen fighter one hex or up to three hexes if you gave the primacy token to an opponent. So this is a, yeah. this, this is a sidestep, but you can trade in the primacy token for to move three, which is pretty cool, or push how three. Feel, how you feel about that, Val? The uh, the giving the primacy token to an opponent. I like it, especially when I have everything to prove in my hand. <laughs> yeah, I should make this. Uh, give the primacy to them. Get a glory. Well, okay, it's after the activation, but you know what I mean. So yeah, give them primacy. Um, also, uh, it's good for inspiring your guys because remember, if you have primacy and you make another kill, you can't inspire another one of your guys. So right. you need to get rid of Primacy first and get it again. And this helps also with that. Yep. So Get that Primacy token early and often. Yeah, getting yeah. the Primacy token multiple times in one round, this is the one of the That's better ways you, to do yeah. it. Yeah, Because pushing That's three is ex really significant, especially since I mean, these guys don't yeah. move very fast. You can... Yeah, you can really get some nice combos off. For example, you have well, Surge of Aggression in your card, Primal Brutality, which is the next well, one. Which we're going to talk about right now, yeah. Uh, you you know, you, you gain it. Well, let's say you have it, you give it away, yeah, you, get a, you, get a, yeah, you get a glory uh, for uh, everything to prove. Uh, then you take it right back. You score a Surge of Aggression. Uh, then you inspire another guy. And there is many little combos like that that if you have the right cards and in the right situation and your brain if, uh, is still working, if, then if, it can if. be pretty yeah. sweet. It yeah. can be pretty sweet. <clears throat> yeah. If. Which is... <laughs> right. No, like, like, I see the point. I see the idea here. It's like, but, but, but in reality, it's like, my hand just bricks and my dice don't work. So they're, they can get, they can be, they're, they're either, they're either humming like a, you know, like a, like a, like a, like a German car, or they are humming nice. like a 1983 Toyota Tracel. It's like they, they either are working great or they're really frustrating. So 
I don't know. This is great, uh, though. Let's talk about primal brutality, though. Let's, oh. let's do primal br brutality, because that's the next one. Okay, primal brutality. Pick one, gain the primacy token, or discard the primacy token. If you discard the primacy right. token, choose one friendly fighter with no charge tokens. The chosen fighter makes one range one or range two attack action, then give the chosen fighter a charge token. So... I think that this one is really just for the gain the primacy token. This is really good. I think that's really what you use it for, which is basically if it's early enough in the game, it's it's uh it's inspiration strikes. Right? Right. Early in the game it's later inspiration in the game, strikes, it, later it, in the game it's like uh It like turns it it, it like kind of. turns on a lot of your um a lot of your upgrades. Because a lot of the upgrades depend on having a primacy token. Yep. But Val, the second thing mm -hmm. about, you know, you can give the primacy token away. And make it charge like maybe if maybe if the situation is like I need to give the primacy token away right now I want to do this now maybe that would be one reason to do it. Well, this one you just you know? discard it. You don't give it to your opponent like the last one. Oh, that's true. But yeah, mm. well, but remember, like yeah, you don't give it to your opponent, so that's actually in some cases better um, mm. because because you know you don't want them to have it. But there are some cards that require it to go to your uh, your opponent in order to score. Or like when your opponent you picks up the prime token, like them, uh, yeah. everything to prove is like that. Um, so so there's that. But but the just this second stipulation is kind of situational, right? Like why would you you only get four activations and you only have four guys? Well so it's I think the yeah, second did you one attack out of turn, then then you have like an activation where you have nothing to do. Why well, it depends. I mean you you yeah, have I'm, range attacks or if you happen not to have to charge because you're already standing next to some guy then maybe you 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 can get five attacks with this card but it's just that it for me it just happens most of the time actually almost all the time where i just need to get that damn primacy token uh and inspire a fighter all right, so the next card we want to talk about is this card, Strange Portends, which I'll admit, I did not, like, when I saw this, I'm like, eh, that's okay. But actually, it's a pretty good accuracy boost. So look, yeah, let's, let's talk about this. So this one says, yeah. this is, a, this is a, a gambit you play, and it says, in the next activation, there's three different lines here. It says, Fury's, Fury characteristics are... Smash characteristics and vice versa. Dodge characteristics are shield characteristics and vice versa. And then focus characteristics are channel characteristics and vice versa. So this, it sounds weird, but this is actually extremely significant. For one activation, you can basically just flip uh, both players' dice rolls. Like what they're trying to, to roll the dice on. Which increases and, and, your your accuracy by or the, your your chance of success by a lot. Yeah, like and and what you have to remember 50%. with these orcs is that they're all, for the most part, except for you know Wallop, they're all theories, dodges, and fo and focus. Yeah, right. Which are all the not so good ones. So so Val, talk to us about the the numbers here. I'm gonna because we actually did the math, right? Yeah, we did a bit of a math. You have we're, we're gonna well, use we're gonna use get... Tufdaga as yeah, our have, as our example Tufdaga. here. Let's say Tufdaga is uninspired. He's rolling three fury, and you want to attack, uh, let's say, um, an inspired vampire with two shields. So then you 
that's only 43% success chance. But if you play the card, all of a sudden you're lowering sm three smash against two dodge, that's 61%. So that's almost 20% yeah. better. Um, and in the worst case, even if you roll three fury against two dodge, if you would roll that, it turns to three like, smash against doing, two yeah. shields, it's 54%. So at least that's that's kind of the worst case we had. And that's still some increase. Now, obviously, uh, you're not going to play it when you're rolling for smashes anyway, and he's rolling for dodges. So it's situational, and sometimes it might become useless. But, I mean, that's with many cards. They might become useless in some cause. I some mean, situation. and of course, your opponent can just, like, crit out of it, which is probably... Crit out of it. Anyway. That's true. But... 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 So, well... But... So in most situations, it's a bit better than plus one dice. Uh, it yeah. can be a lot better also. But it's also useful for defense. Don't forget that. Right. So you can play it if you know he's going to attack you with three hammers. On um, my head cracker. My inspired your head cracker. Right. Yeah. Then you play this, all of a sudden it's uh, the situation. It's three is, fury on two smashes. On two, uh, from, and two shields. Yeah, yeah, it goes the other way around. It goes from 61% to 43%. So um it's it's a versatile card sometimes it's really good sometimes you have to throw it away but in general it's pretty usable so especially it's nice in like use. it's especially helpful in like really high leverage situations like if you need headcracker to hit that guy with his spell attack at range one right now you would do this because exactly. it, it moves it over to channels and then every die is <clears> a 66 percent chance to be a success yeah. Also, it's really exponentially better when you have more dice. Let's say you have Tooth Dagger with um, a plus Forty, one yeah, dice when inspired, already. Right, when he's on so four. You, then, yeah. you're on then you're on Yeah, he's inspired. And you have right. uh, an augmented limbs. You're on five dice. You're on All five of a sudden dice you throw smash, yeah. Five smash. That's uh, pretty damn good. Pretty damn good. Of course, yeah. your opponent will just crit out of it, but uh, but but at least you you played it correctly. If it's right? if it's Armand, then it's, for sure. It, no, that'll definitely do it. It, it. It's the it it's the moral victory that that it should have worked, right? Yeah, um, especially in okay. Vanguard where you don't where you have limited options anyway. <clears throat> yeah, absolutely. All right, so that's a that's a one to take a look at. Um, let's talk about unhinged ferocity. All right, so Unhinged Ferocity is a Gambit reaction. Use this after a friendly fighter's activation in which that fighter made one or more failed attack actions. If you have the Primacy token, discard the Primacy token, then that fighter makes one attack action. Otherwise, inspire that fighter. That's pretty good. So you can either use it as a ready for action, and then you can also play with like giving your the, prim the Primacy token away. Yeah. Oh no! You so, no, sorry. You just discard it. You yeah. Don't even so you give have it to your you have to have the primacy token, and then use this as a reaction. Or poo poo, you miss, but at least you're inspired. Yeah. Yeah. This is. I think this is very useful when you need to. Let's say in the beginning, you need to make a charge with tooth dagger into enemy territory. Yeah. Um, I was thinking that. And he has only one dodge. So if you have this card, you can 
relatively safely make that charge because either either you make the kill and you get primacy and you inspire, or you don't. Right. You play this card and you inspire, and Fire you don't anyway. even need. Yeah. And you don't need, and then you have two dodge and you can survive there. And you don't even need headcracker um, to inspire. So in some yes. very desperate situations, uh, you can use that too. <clears throat> So that's a good one. And uh, another one that you, did, that you particularly liked, I was not using this card because uh, I think that in uh, in championship, I think that, again, there's just better stuff out there. But you liked the big wog. Yeah. A lot of exclamation points with these orcs. Oh, the big wog. Did they wog. yell a lot? I, I guess so. Yell wall, I guess. I guess so. Okay. This one says, this is a gambit, plus one dice to friendly fighters range one attack actions in the next activation if you have the primacy token when you play this card this effect persists until you lose the primacy token or until the end of the round now yeah there are lots of warbands where having plus one dice to friendly fighters range one attack actions like i don't know lady harrow's probably be great but these guys only have two guys that have a uh, native range one attacks so you're only going to get room. Two guys out of it, basically. Just, mm. just wallop, wallop. Yeah, they or if you put like you know upgrade, like weapon upgrades, like soul tooth daggers. But those are your it. guys you're gonna want to be attacking with anyway. Yeah, that's true. And you and you're gonna want to spend cards to juice up their attack. Yeah, yeah. Like you don't want to spend uh, a I card mean... to juice up uh, the archer guy. Nah, because yeah, we can't. You can't. It wouldn't even work on him anyway. Yeah. Well, you wouldn't you wouldn't yeah. want to do it anyway, even if it did. You'd want to use it on yeah. Dagger or uh, oh yeah, the other guy Wallop. It's, it's, yeah. it's, it's not a bad card. I think it's better in Vanguard though, because there's just like a smaller card pool to choose from. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I'm playing it because it's in Vanguard. Of course, there's other accuracy and better accuracy that also give you ensnare or reroll or whatever um, right. uh, in Championship, but it's um. Yeah, if you play it in the right situation, you can get it to work for more just than just one activation. That's what I like about it. Let's yeah. say you're in the end, you're in the third round. Toothdagger, you haven't activated him, but he's already standing next to an enemy because he just charged you and failed, or because or you, you used can to push, use the big stomp or something or whatever. Yeah. yeah, and then you play this card, and if you have primacy at the same time, uh, you can get several attacks off. Yeah, um, with them because you can attack without charging. Also, sometimes don't make me so, think when I'm playing aggro. <laughs> don't so, do that. Well, that's always the dream with it, aggro is that you get to attack. You can set it up so you can attack without charging. Yeah, right. but that's why I don't I have would, to think very hard. That's why I like Molog. Yeah, that's why I included a lot of push cards also in the deck. But we'll get to that later. Right. All right, um, so those are our gambits. Let's go into the upgrades. And now the unintentionally sexual card name nominee, Lucky Bone. Lucky Bone. This is an upgrade reaction after this fighter's attack roll, defense roll, or casting roll. Discard this card. If you do, you can re-roll any number of the dice in that roll. Now, that would have been beautiful when I did my, like, four dice tooth dagger attack in that game if i just had this card it'd be great yeah you're gonna it's, be putting it, it's this consumable on. but uh, and val you had pointed this out you don't have to use it you get to actually see what your role is first so you don't have to like 
throw it away so that you get a reroll. It's like you get to look at what the results are, and then if you think you need a reroll, you can reroll any number of dice. And it could be an attack roll, a defense roll, or a casting roll. Yeah, you're going to be using this on Toof Daga, I feel like, because he has the most dice yeah. and will get the most a lot out of, dice. of the selective reroll everything. Yeah, especially because he needs that um, crit to get three def uh, three uh, damage. Right. To get the extra damage, I mean. So, so Lucky Bone, I, I think it's an auto-include. It's a really good and versatile. Um, our next upgrade, also a nominee for unintentionally sexual card name, is going to be Power of the Beast. Yeah, Power of the Beast is an upgrade. It says plus one wounds, plus two wounds instead while you have the primacy token. Right. So that's another reason to like hold on to the primacy token because it does activate, especially later in the game, it does activate a lot of your... Uh, a lot of the upgrades that are available to you. Yeah, but you have to be um, careful with this yeah. one if you if you throw the yeah. primacy token away while your guy is already heavily wounded, or <laughs> even if you just discard right. it at the end of the round. Yeah. So we were talking about. Well, first of all, you have to watch out because if he's plus two wounds, then any of these guys are going to be up to six. So now they give up to uh, Gloria yeah. if they get killed in that situation. Um, another issue that we were talking about is like. If you have five wounds on this guy when you have the primacy token and then you lose the primacy token, doesn't the character die? It does. Yeah. Yeah. So if you have five wounds on on the guy at the end of the round, you do all of your scoring, and then at the end of the the end phase, you discard the primacy token, because it says so at the end of the round. So it's like right at the end of the of the end phase. I guess he dies right there. Yeah, I think this card. But when he nice, died, though. but when he yeah, died, he actually only had five wounds. So I don't think you would get two glory on in that case. Oh, that's that's complicated. Yeah. Ah, uh, yeah. yeah. No, because what happens first? First, you give away primacy. That yeah. reduces his wounds and to five. To five. That's and when then he dies. he dies. And then he dies. Yeah. So you okay, don't right. give up two glory. That's right. Only, okay. of course. Of course, you can still get killed in a normal way, taken out of action, with yeah. six wounds, and then you give up. But still, I mean, the point is, without this card, you would already die at four wounds. So right. it's at minimum a great fortitude. Um, and, and especially which, in Vanguard, which is that's not important. Part of these guys. Right, and because in in uh, I mean, yeah. First of all, to be a five wound fighter in, in Vanguard is is very difficult. And then on top of that, there isn't a great fortitude available because most most of the time when you play Vanguard, you don't play with the essentials pack, right? No, you don't. It's right. So so having plus one wounds is like a big yeah. deal. Yeah. And that's yeah, already yeah, one is. of their strengths is having the, the 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 big pool of wounds on the whole team. So having an extra yeah. great fortitude yeah. in your deck is nice. All right, and there's two more upgrades we want to talk about, uh, which are kind of kind of bubble cards, maybe maybe not. But anyway, one of them is called Spirit of the Beast. Spirit of the Beast uh, is an upgrade. Go for it, it. Says if you have the primacy token when you give this upgrade to a fighter, that fighter is inspired. When you gain the primacy token, this fighter is inspired. This fighter is on guard while you have the primacy token. Kind of blazing soul, but it does the, uh, the if you have the primacy token, you you get guard as well. So that's uh, that's not bad. Um, the, the way that I've been playing this one is that I would put it on... When I knew that the Primacy Token was coming, 
uh, I would put it on one fighter that I would get to inspire. And then when the primacy token came, that fighter would inspire. Plus I'd be able to use head crack his ability to inspire the second fighter. So it actually helps you to, to inspire two fighters simultaneously. If you have that primacy token coming at you, plus you're also on guard. So uh, if you, if you have the primacy token, so anybody that's up to two dodges, you really get a little bit more, uh, a little bit more juice out of this card. If you can put it on either tooth dagger or head cracker. Yeah. Two dice on guard is awesome. Yeah. Um, another thing you can do is that, you know, if Headcrack is dead, you know, you can use this to inspire guys. Oh, sure. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I never really thought of that. It's a good point. Yep. So there are ways to make it happen. Val, how, how do you feel we about this ways. one? Uh, I had it in my deck in the beginning, but it just never worked out for me because you already need the primacy to make it work. And when I have the primacy, I already inspire Tooth Dagger. And the others... Are, don't get so much out of inspiring. Yeah, Headcracker does, but the other two not. And it's just, it's it always came out as redundant for me. That's why I prefer to put in some cards that just can work multiple times, getting me the primacy multiple times, like Proud Runner or Haughty Defense or Haughty Resistance. What is it called? Yeah. Um, it gets you the gets you primacy whenever you get damaged. Um, and that works several times, not just uh, once in the game. So I prefer these cards, but maybe I, I I didn't give the card enough justice. So maybe it's a bit better than a bubble card. I, I think even even in a championship situation, I think it's just because you can get two of them in the same primacy poll. I, I think it kind of kind of makes it better. Yeah, but and of you course, really if you have the primacy to token it... anyway. Like you can just like one guy will be already inspired because you had the primacy token already. And now it just becomes blazing soul with the guard function. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. But it's never pure blazing soul because you cannot have, well, you can just inspire one guy. It's more like inspire one and get one free because yeah. you need the primacy to get it. Right. But anyway, um, I, it's probably a good card. Yeah, very good card. That's a good one. Another one that I was playing around with, and it looks really good on the surface, and I've I've been able to use it okay. Um, but again, I, I this one I think is more of a bubble card is uh, stamina reserves. Stamina reserves is an upgrade reaction after this fighter's move action. Discard this card if you do remove one move token from this fighter. Second reaction after this fighter's charge action. Discard this card if you do. Give this fighter one move token or remove one charge token from this fighter. So, so basically, you can just like move for free. Kind of, I guess, yeah. and it, and it keeps it keeps working. It's not consumable. But the thing is, is that there's there's a lot of movement shenanigans, and most of the people that that we play against, you know, the pilots are not dumb. So if you do that, and you're like, well, I'm gonna take, you know, I'm gonna take this charge token off and put on a move token, the guy's like. I just won't stand next to you anymore and they just move away. So I feel like I wasn't getting, I wasn't getting a lot of mileage out of this, but it, it seems like a very strong effect. Mm. Yeah. It's, but on tooth dag and wallop, it's not great. It, it's the same reason why I don't have beast trail in my deck because whenever I use it, they just make a push and yep. I'm there with my pants down. Yep. Can't do anything <laughs> with your loincloth down. Yeah. I gotcha. <laughs> And you see nothing because I got no whatever. 
They don't. And they probably don't. Well, I, we're going to talk about that in a minute. Hold on. Don't let, let's uh, let's bury the lead a little bit more. All right. So that's all the cards we thought were good. And so, of course, now we go to uh, card awards and uh, we're going to start with the hunting aspect award, which, by the way, we are changing the uh, the parameters of this because it used to be it had to be a Dangle Bro specific card. That's that's shitty. But the thing is, is that we have not been getting a lot of those lately because I think that the uh, the designers of the game have kind of like figured that out. Like, don't make a card that you can only put on, you know, like guy. on Hadzu. Yeah, exactly. Like nobody's going to use it. So, um, so there there are a lot of uh, fighter specific cards, but they're not necessarily on a dangle burn anymore. So, so we're changing the hunting aspect of order to just be a fighter specific card. That's shitty. And so we were feeling Morkish familiar. Morkish familiar. That is yeah. a upgrade restricted to headcracker. And it says you yep. can re-roll one dice in this fighter's casting roll. Great. Because he does a lot of great work with spells. Like, yeah, I don't know, Val. Are not, are you not... playing any spells like cards with these guys? I mean, and how often do you use the shooty attack on uh, on Headcracker? Yeah, um, there not is a lot, right? No, there. I, I don't have any spells in my deck. All the good spells require me to have like two lightnings or two other right, things. Two channels, right? Yeah, I don't bother with that. So it might only be handy for the spell attack, but then there is a better upgrade in the deck, which is just a reroll on a range three attack. Uh, yeah. it, not in the deck. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. The, God's green glare. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Green, green so, God's glare. Yeah. So I've seen or I've seen decks from other players which have that card in there, and I can understand that a bit more because if if Headcracker is dead, then you can. Put you it can like that, go. Yeah, yeah, or but it's also useful to to make your uh, three um, three damage attack more accurate. So I can I don't have it in my deck still, but there I can see some sense. But this one, yeah. nah. nah, not great. All right, so we're moving on. Uh, we're going to go to the aggressive defense award. This is the most confusing card in the set, and I will nominate the primacy card. <laughs> Just the little <laughs> card that comes with them. That yeah, talks about what the privacy I, does. I'm calling it that one because again, we and we've already pointed this out. We have we there is still confusion over when primacy actually when the when the token is is picked up and when it's released and all that other stuff and everything that goes with it. So I think that's like I think that's how we do it. Yeah. Let's move on to the unintentionally sexual card name award. There's a few really good ones here, and we've talked about a few of them. So Val, you like smash them because apparently in some other countries to smash is is uh, is to get busy. Doesn't it mean that I got in all it. English? I kind of countries? like we don't really in in America. I don't feel like we use it that much. Although I think Thundercat in in Dragon Ball Durag says that he wants to smash. So I I, I maybe a little bit. And by the way, I love that song. It's so good. Uh, Lucky Bone, of course. Power of the Beast, we already said. And and uh, we didn't talk about this card, but I, I think that it's definitely unintentionally sexual. Is uh, Stab, Stab, Stab. Uh, who are we giving it to? I, Lucky I feel Bone. Like Lucky, Lucky Bone. Bone. I feel like Lucky Bone. Okay, good. Let's do that. All right, Bone. now we do the Grawl Award. 
And the Grawl Award, named after, of course, the goodest boy in all of Underworlds, because he's he was definitely the single best thing about that warband. Uh, and uh, and so we give out the Grawl Award to the, the thing we like the best about this warband. Val, what do you like about this warband? I like that they're orcs, they're fun, and it's an aggro warband with a twist. Uh, so it's a cerebral aggro warband because of the primacy thing. I, I sure. like I like how that works. There's lots of other things to like, right, Max? Oh, yeah. I mean, so I'm giving the Grawl Award to Headcracker's Beer Belly. I want to rub it for good luck. And uh, and I love it, and I think it's great. And I I, I was saying that he kind of looks like a Morton Joe from uh, from Mad Max Fury Road, and I kind of want to paint him to look like a Morton Joe, and I might do that. All right, Randall, what are you feeling? I mean, I just like how they the, the, well, at least the the attempt was made, maybe not successfully, but to to make uh, a warband that decently. yeah, to make a warband that heavily steers into one of the new mechanics of the game. I just I just think that's fun to do when when yeah. you can really like push the new mechanic to see like how really good or how bad it is is good, you know, design space and they did that with the vampires with the hunger and they're doing it with this with the the primacy, which I think is cool. Yeah, but the but the difference and and I would argue that that makes headcrack is better is uh, or at least more interesting is that the primacy thing is that something you would try to get maybe even if you're not playing these guys so so the, it 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 adds a new wrinkle to the game whereas hunger clearly is for the vampires yeah, hunger is a big fail in Very my opinion different, yeah and in, and speaking of of big fails uh of course we have the didn't even want it award that's the single worst thing we think about the warband. Val, what do you got here? What, what, what do you not like about these head crackers? Yeah, you know, every time a new orc warband is released, I'm praying, like, please don't let them hit on Fury. And bam, again, they hit on Fury. Yeah, too much. Way too much. <gasps> They're killing me. They're killing me. Well, they are <laughs> killing you because you only hit on swords. And speaking of their killing you... Um, my, my biggest problem with this warband is has to do with how the defense stats are all top down, you know, like, um, and, and, and Randall, you, you talk about top down design a lot about how it's like, you know, they're, they, you know, the way that they get it from what I understand is that they get the warband and then they have to design the warband around the models that they get. Yeah. Now these are, what, what, what type of works are these bone splitters? They're savage. Savage. Orcs, yeah. savage orc, orcs. I don't know. So they are wearing loincloths, which, by the way, what are they covering up? Right? Didn't we talk about this before? How orcs just don't have a crumb? I guess so. Because because they're like they're like sap robes, aren't they? They're like they're like fungi. Yeah. So they don't have male or female parts. They they don't even allegedly have they're, anything they're asexual. So yeah, what are they covering? That's they... what I'm saying. So so it's like if there's nothing there. <laughs> Why do you need the loincloth? I mean, if you're a Ken doll, you don't need to. Well, you're is saying it fashion. You're you're saying because they have they don't have armor or whatever. Then no, no, no. I'm saying that. because they don't have penises, they don't need to wear oh, loincloths. I'm just okay. saying, like, they should just get rid of that. Well, of course, I mean it's me. But then on top of that, yes, I think it's because they're not wearing armor. They're not allowed to have shields because that wouldn't make sense, even if that makes them really squishy. Yeah, I don't so, think they uh, should do that. Yeah. I think, you know, the decision to make somebody a dodge or a shield should not be 
you know, based on what the model looks like. It should be based on, you know, how to make the, the game more balanced. Or at least put enough dodge dice on them yeah, so yeah, they make don't them just have, make, like them make everybody dead. go to two dice when right. they're inspired or something like that. Oh, yeah, exactly. Like make them all go to two dodge. Or sure. when, when they're inspired. Fine. But like don't like or I mean, I understand not putting them on shields because they're not wearing any armor at all. But but OK, so if you want to get like, you know, thematic, fine, whatever. But at least bring them up to two dodge so that they don't just like drop dead every time they get shot. If they're not wearing an armor and they're savages, they should have at least four move. If you want to be thematic, because why should they be slower than the other orcs that are wearing armor or or as same speed? Yeah, yeah. Well, they, yeah, they're the same speed as the crushes in, in um, uninspired and then inspired. Yeah. Anyway, but don't they have anything down there to like expel waste? You know, I like, guess, definitely have but, that. It, but it wouldn't have to it wouldn't have to look like genitalia in that case. Maybe they just sweat it out. I don't know. Yeah. Are we talking about the, uh, you know, the evolutionary sable strategy of orcs? You know, with their with their with their anatomy, it sounds kind of weird. I bet they're very sweaty. I bet that's how they get it all out. Okay, they look sweaty. Sweat. Yeah, they Same definitely thing. poop and fart. <laughs> they that's do. That's true. I yeah, mean, yeah. That that I mean, they look, must. They have a digestive system, right? Yeah. 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 So that the the the, the waste of that have to be expelled through some sort of hole. Um, sounds good. Oh, Randall, what's your didn't even want it? By the way. Oh, I guess you kind of said it like you did just the bad. Just, yeah, the I mean, movement. it's just an aggro like you, you can't you can't design a warband to be aggro and then not give them the stats to back it up. It just doesn't really work. Yeah, I agree with you. All right, cool. Um, Val, mm. whip out your deck. All right. That's what we're up to. So let's take a look. You have your Vanguard style deck. And so I'm just going to read down the objectives and the gamuts and the upgrades. And just if there's anything you want to say about it, uh, but, but we'll put the link up uh, in the show notes. So, um, mm-hmm. so you have, you have bring it on. Here we go. Green fury, smash them because those are the ones we talked about. We said they were good. You were talking about everything to prove talking about uh, surge of aggression. You were talking about unafraid A few other ones that you had in here that we haven't talked about yet. You have uh, awesome predator. That makes a lot of sense because that's the one where if you have the primacy token, you score it. Mm-hmm. But uh, but the the attack action with damage characteristic of four, we don't really get that very often. You're really just getting it for the primacy uh, condition. No, I, I never get that damage characteristic characteristic yeah. of four because in order to get that, you have to put two things. You on. will you need two things on because all the three damage are on a condition which doesn't count for this card. Yeah. Okay, and I see that you have a couple of plus one damages, but uh, you'd have to have them both to get it that way. Yeah. Um. So, so you do, you do have another way out. Um. I see bold deeds. You're definitely going to be trying to kill things, and you're definitely going to try to be in in uh, enemy territory. Makes sense. We have a swelling pride. Yeah. Oh yeah, this is the That's one where one. yeah yeah. Let's talk about this one. Score this immediately if you would gain the primacy token, but you already had the primacy token. Yeah. yeah, you can score that on a kill. You can score that with a card. No, well, that's, that's not... being debated a bit. If you can yeah, score right. it with a card, like the cunning brutality, which says gain the primacy. Some people say, yeah. yeah, if you have it, you can't 
came here again. Yeah, but you would have. Can be argued, but you would have. Plus, right. swelling pride, its very purposes, you already have it. So why it wouldn't work if you can't do anything to get primacy when you already have it. But yeah. I understand it's debatable and it needs to be FAQ'd. <clears throat> right. Uh, you also have a dominant display, which is an end phase two glory. That's a uh, score this in an end phase if each surviving friendly fighter is in enemy territory, which you're probably going to be doing. And you also have the primacy token. It also works if you have only one guy. So yes, that's true. It's really good. Bold deeds, dominant display. Um, uh, unassailable was the last one that we uh, we didn't mention. And uh, there are two ways to score this one. That's a hybrid uh, scored in the end phase. If your leader is the only surviving leader, so you could just like snipe the other the opposing leader, or if you just have the primacy token, so you can yeah. score it just same as uh, Awesome Predator. Yeah, that's that's the condition uh, from which I usually score it. And uh, I mean, in the end, I need primacy for a lot of these cards in the end phase. I yeah. might just as well take another one and I don't need to do anything extra. Of course, yeah, I'm well, screwed if I don't have it, but yeah. yeah. A, lot of, a lot of primacy control in this deck, which I think is what you should do. For the Gambits, uh, you have basically everything we talked about. The Big Wah, the, the, the Great Stomp, Primal Brutality, Primal Cunning, Strange Portends, uh, Unhinged Ferocity, Feigned Weakness. Yeah. Play this if you own if you have the primacy token, give the primacy token to your opponent and then gain one spent glory point. That's actually pretty good for these guys because you want to have situations where you can steal the primacy token off of them, so they need to have it. And then plus you get a you get a glory. One ploy, one glory. Spent, but still. Well, it's usually if it would just be the spent glory, I would take it. But with these guys, you get a lot of extra benefits. Yeah. For example, yep. you can gain the primacy back and inspire another guy. You can um, score the, what it's called, everything to prove of it. Mm -hmm. Right. So you get yep. even already two. And then you can so, try to get back and sort of aggression. Yeah, it's, it's, it's uh, as we said, yeah, with this warband, you're trying to do this uh, primacy combo thing, get it, get it, gain it, uh, gain it, spend it, gain it, spend it. And here it just, you know, you get an extra glory for spending it, for giving it away. It's uh, it's okay, I think. And then you have a Ferocious Blow, which of course, unintentionally sexual, uh, which is a plus one damage card from the first range one or two attack action made by a friendly fighter in the next activation. And if the friendly fighter has hunger counters, which you don't have anything to put hunger counters on, do you? No. Now, so you would have gotten cleave in that case, but basically it's just plus one damage, and and these guys need those plus one damages. Yeah, I know people are always hating on these kinds of cards because you have to play it before you roll, and then you don't know yeah. if you can do the damage. But the thing is, uh, in Vanguard, you don't have many choices to get plus one damage. If you have it in the first hand and you make a first activation, you might actually one shot a four wound fighter. And it doesn't cost yeah. you glory. And okay, if you fail, it's wasted, but so is great strength. Uh, you can just yeah, get yeah, a great... Yeah, technically, if you charge on great strength, you didn't get to use it that round, that's true. Uh, or if you get great strength in your last round, in the third round, you draw it. You have to pay a glory to get one chance uh, for an extra damage. Here you don't. Anyway. So yeah. it's not that bad. 
well, actually, I think it's really needed for these guys. I think it's needed for these guys too. Yeah. Um, and it also, no, it only works on range one. So you can use it on Daco, but you can use it on the other three guys. All right. Uh, we got Heated Instinct, which is at worst a uh, a sidestep, and at best it's a double sidestep. You get two hexes yeah. if you have, if your fighter's acquired. Do you have stuff that makes them a quarry? Yeah, you have augmented limbs, yeah. I see. Uh, um, anything else? Yeah. No, Wicked Lash not, but sometimes... I'm I'm debating Wicked Lash versus Silent Sword. Uh, yeah, Silent we'll Sword... Uh, yeah, we'll get to we, it in a minute. We'll talk yeah, about okay. it in a minute. So, um, so, but but heated instinct at worst, it's a uh, it's a sidestep, which you can probably want that anyway, and and you might get lucky. You have augmented limbs on the guy. It's a double sidestep. Yeah, a two hex push. Uh, we also have swarming advance here uh, with some fire slayers on there. Jeez, choose one friendly fighter in the enemy territory. Push up to two other friendly fighters one hex so that they are closer to the chosen fighter. So basically, you just get to. That's another double sidestep, but it's for it's one for each effort for two guys. So that's pretty good. Mm. Plus having the support uh, for an attack with these guys is pretty good. All right, upgrades. We got uh, Lucky Bone, Power of the Beast, Spirit of Gorkamorka, Augmented Limbs, which is the hotness right now. Feral Symbiote, plus one damage for range one attack actions. If And there you can give hunger counters there with Feral Symbiote, right? So if you have that one plus... Ferocious blow. Maybe you get your cleave that way. Of course, mm -hmm. uh, it does some damage to you if you have three or more hunger counters. So as long as you only attack two times with that on upgrade up, you're actually fine. Haughty resistance. This is the one uh, during an attack action that targets this fighter. After the deal damage step, gain the primacy token. So it's another way to get the primacy token. If you have the primacy token, instead discard the primacy token and reduce the damage by one. So you can either get the Primacy Token this way and inspire somebody, or you can lessen the damage. Crowd Runner, we all know that one. Uh, Savage Strength. Scavenged Armor. Everybody uses Scavenged Armor. You're going to be playing in your opponent's uh, territory anyway, so that Guard Token is really nice. And then you said, okay, so now talk about Wicked Lash. Wicked Lash is a two-range, two-sword, one-damage attack, plus one dice, and plus one damage if this fighter has one or more wound counters. So it would go up to three and two. Plus one dice and plus one damage if the target has one or more wound counters. So the more people are damaged, the stronger this card gets. I would go up to four four dice and three damage if you're, you and your uh, target are both damaged. And it's a range two. That's pretty good. Yeah, it is. Play strange portents. Yeah, actually, I, I would have never considered this card, but um, I was playing the Dread Pageant once, and I was desperately looking for a deck. And Set the Tempo Matt sent me his deck, Vanguard deck, and it had this card inside. And I thought, mm. what the fuck do you want with this card? But then I realized, damn it. All of a yeah. sudden, you know, you put it on Deco, you run him through a lethal... Uh, on a yeah. guy who's already damaged, Rock and all of a sudden, uh, four dice, three damage, it can really, really surprise your opponent because mm. they it's not such a common weapon, but it can really surprise them and hit them hard. Range two is also very good, especially in the later phases. Maybe you don't have to charge, you can stand and just attack. Plus, it's actually pretty good with green fury. Where you yep. have to have a wound on your guy to make a, to get a glory. 
I've uh, been pretty happy with it, but for also had a look at the Silent Sword, which has three hammers and two damage, and does three damage when you're in No Man's Land. That can also uh, be pretty heavy. Yeah. So it's hard to get a damage, a plus one damage, uh, with no downside into this deck in Vanguard. This is a weapon, is a way to get more damage. <clears throat> right. All right. Um, so uh, I've been. Uh, so mine is more of a championship style deck. Um, so I, I, I really just kind of did a lot of the same stuff that you did, kind of doing the same thing. But I had a few different cards just because my card pool is bigger. You know, I have Show of Force and Team Effort works pretty good with them, especially earlier on. Every you know, since they 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 all just kind of there's four of them. You have four activations. Chances are they're all going to do something. I have bringing on, here we go, Green Fury. I have clean kills. I like clean kills. I was scoring that pretty good. Just so you guys got to be careful about it. Um, everything to prove is great. I had Primal Escalation in there, but, you know, I would have a, I would have a problem with that sometimes. It's also not a lot for one day, for one glory in the end phase. Which, you know, which one is it, that? Primal Escalation, it's a, if you have a, one or more surviving friendly fighters, have three or more upgrades, and you also have the Primacy token. Mm. I found that one or one or both of those things often don't go together, especially earlier on in the game. So uh, it's definitely one I would probably toss. I, I like the greater hunt with these guys just because they have three hunters. And uh, if you're playing championship, there's a lot less hunter mechanic stuff to choose. There's yeah. a lot more warbands that don't say hunter on them. So I thought mm. it was a little bit better there. But I have Unafraid and Unassailable and, and Surge of Aggression, and those are all good. For the Gambits, I, I, I was playing with Beast Trail, but I, I see what you're saying about that, where it's like, you know, you get your... You, first of all, you can't use it on Headcracker. And then second of all, a lot of my guys sometimes, since they don't move that fast, it's like hard to get them onto the wall sometimes. So I might change that out. But I also have Duel of Wits, because that's just like a hot card to have. I was playing with Fane, Fane Strength, but actually I would use the one that you had. Um, Fain weakness. I think that that's better, especially if, if you have other stuff. I, I did find myself in situations where, especially in the late game, where I was drawing cards that allow me to inspire guys, but they were already inspired or dead. So there's that one. And also that doesn't work with uh, if Headcrack is dead, right? It's kind of useless. So I'd probably not. Yeah. That. Um, I did like Eternal Chase with them, especially mm. at the beginning of the game, because they start at three. And if you put that down, they all go up to four until they're inspired because they would be anyway. So it, really good in the early game, and it made my threat range a lot better um, if I if I got in the early game. Um, yeah, uh, you know, I was playing with, you know, Unhinged Ferocity, Primal Cunning, Primal Brutality, the great stop. I also played with Blood Scent because I wanted the dice, and that is a, that's a Beast Grave card if you're attacking... Somebody who's already wounded, you get plus two dice. Mm, plus two. Nice. Yeah, I like that one. Uh, upgrades, Power of the Beast, Spirit of the Beast, uh, Stamina Reserves, uh, Armor of Confidence, which gives you plus one defense if you have Primacy. That was pretty good. In certain cases, I'd put that on Headcrack mm. at the end of the game, and he was just impossible to hit. Uh, mm. I like Savage Speed on them. Got to get some speed package in there. They're not that fast. Savage Visage is great with them, especially if you have Savage Speed on there already. Let's see, scavenge armor, of course, but then of course I have glory seeker, great fortitude, great strength. 
They're tough. And 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 talking to you actually, you know, you you pointed out some some cards that you were using in your Vanguard deck, which I think uh, are actually maybe better than some of the things I chose. Yeah. So everybody, go out there, try your head crackers, enjoy some cerebral aggro, which is kind of funny considering who the warband is. <laughs> All right. You know what? I gotta tell you something, Val. We're 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 wrapping it up. I think that we really covered the the warband. So as is traditional here at yeah. the Battle for Salvation podcast, the guest does our final segment called Keys to Salvation. What is your key to salvation this week? It's the webcam gaming, I guess. I, I there's no better person to talk to about this. I think. Tell, tell us about like how you you put the 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 event together and 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 what you found to be, you know, difficult or easy or, or what do you think is like the value of it? God, just, just, just tell us about what, yeah. uh, you know, TOing uh, webcam tournaments. I got to start where I, uh, where I finished uh, in the intro section. So after the grand clash, basically two months later, the whole COVID situation popped up. We couldn't play face to face anymore all of a sudden. So actually it wasn't my idea. It was a friend of mine, Rob, shout out to Rob. He said, let's make a webcam tournament. Which and... Rob? Hmm? Rob. There's so yeah. many Robs. There's too many Robs. Rob O. Too many. It's Rob O. <clears throat> and... That's a new one. Okay. Yeah, it's a Dutch Rob. And... Oh, he's Dutch. Okay, I got you. Yeah. And he said, hey, he's got Zoom. He's going to set up the session. And I said, okay, I help you. I will uh, set up a tournament on Underworld Deckers. Or I will find something where we can make the scoring and the ranking automatic. So I found Underworld Stackers, and yeah, I had to put in a name, uh, and I knew these Dutch guys, they were calling themselves straight out of Shadespire as a team name, even before I joined. So I used that as a name, straight out of Shadespire, number one, and boom, that's how it was born. And since you have to pay a fee for Zoom, the next month, I said, okay, I'm going to pay the Zoom next month. So then I took it over and then I actually, I, I, I never gave it back. So <laughs> since then right. I'm running it. There was, I think, March last year. So now we've been running it for like 17, 18 months already straight. I think it's not just the webcam gaming, but the online gaming in general is really a key to salvation for the whole Warhammer Underworlds community. Because yeah, we can't, there. yeah, we can't. We couldn't for a long time play face-to-face anymore. And I was really sad because I had just gotten into the game, started to love it, and I couldn't play it anymore. With online, with Vassal, TTS, and webcam gaming, I even feel that the whole worldwide community got closer together than it was before because all of a sudden I was playing against, you know, you, uh, Armand, Guys yeah. from Indonesia, guys from Australia, which I would never play against face to face unless it's yeah. at a big grand clash and we all travel a lot. So I think the community grew way close together um, with online gaming. But I kept running the tournament because I just prefer the webcam gaming because it's it's the next best thing to playing face to face. I see your face there. I can talk to you. I move my minis, my beautiful painted minis. I even yeah. move your the minis that are supposed to be yours because I mirror your moves. I have to communicate to you a lot more than in the real game. 
or in the other web uh, online online um, uh, formats, especially Warhammer Underworlds online, you don't even need to talk at all. Well, you don't because just move your pieces. Also, it's not webcam gaming is not like playing an online computer game, which Vassal and TTS are. You you just use your mouse. Here, I just use the mouse at the beginning to turn on all my stuff, and then I play like a normal game. I roll real dice. I have real cards in my hand, and and yeah, one of the reasons why I started to play this board game is because I didn't want to play video games anymore. That's why we kept playing it, and we still keep on playing it. And of course, in the beginning, it was hard because it was just you know a bunch of guys that I knew in Netherlands. And then I kept, you know, posting on Facebook, tournament, please sign up. Yeah, we're having good numbers all the time. I think our maximum was 29 people. Where yeah, we made them. Um, yeah. We also played in different formats. We played Championship, we played Vanguard, we played um, Highlander. What's it called? Highlander, where everybody yeah. has to have a different warband. And that's the one that was really popular. So we had 29 people playing all. 29 war bands which were available right. at that time. I was really proud of that. It's also so, being streamed most of the time. Sorry. Yeah, I know. Uh, yeah, yeah, I know because John Rees is uh does the uh does the streaming commentary with one of the other Robs. And exactly. Um, yeah. And it's 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 it, it, it's let me stop you right there because first of all, I, I just want to remind everybody I, I was one of the the first uh uh to to kind of support this this type of thing because vassal is vassal's great because it lets you do it but it's so impersonal and it's so two-dimensional you know mm. and it's just it doesn't it doesn't look like it looks good like you can play it i prefer that actually even to tts because tts is just like i feel like there's too much stuff going on and it's like kind of like an uncanny valley thing where you could just webcam and like talk to people face to face you know it's like a zoom but it's you know, uh, you're actually moving around your stuff, and you're actually rolling real dice, and and I, I mean, I personally prefer it. Of course, we there we have to definitely play on the honor system, because there's a lot of yeah, stuff yeah. that's like kind of hard that because there's a lot of stuff that happens kind of like off the camera. But you know, as, you know, especially when it's like you know, it's not a grand class. Like nobody's winning money or anything here. It's like we're just playing to have fun. So I feel like a lot of people are are, are generally, and we have a really good community. I, I feel. I, at this point, I actually prefer playing in the straight out of Shadespire than I would in like a Vassal Clash, because Vassal yeah. was great for what it was, but I, I'm a, I'm a little over it. I I like Vassal if I just have like half an hour, forty minutes, and I want to play a game. Like now, I used it a lot when I tried to practice with these damn orcs, but I I, I tried one Vassal Clash. You know, I can't play uh, four best of threes sitting there Saturday it's a lot afternoon. it's a lot mm. for like the entire day yeah yeah um yours, yours are nice quick hits you you started at o'clock for me it's like we started at eight o'clock we're done by noon and then i have the rest of my day to like do whatever i want to do yeah but so but you were but you were talking about some of the uh some of like the etiquette for if you're playing one of those you know, one of those uh, yeah. webcam games. So like kind of what should we, when you're playing in this particular medium, like what should we be looking out for? Yeah. Being on time is, is more important than even face to face because you need a bit more time to set up um, because you need to set up both war bands actually. 
Um, you need to make sure your camera, your mic is working, all this kind of stuff. You need to, well, during the game, you need to make talk sure a that lot. the boards are facing in the same direction. Yeah. In both cases, the, right? Yeah, that's one thing. You know, uh, it, setting up your, uh, try to have your setup as good as possible. Uh, mm -hmm. The minimum setup is, you know, you have a laptop with a webcam. Uh, integrated and you set it on top of a shoebox or something and angle yeah, it down so you yeah. can see. That's the minimum. Other people use their phones as an external webcam. I got actually two external webcams, one for the dice um, where I'm using a green screen so I can overlay yeah, I, the dice. I had actually bought a, a webcam to, to do web tournament, web games with Chris Spark before mm -hmm. the whole thing ah, happens really we actually did a couple yeah we did a couple it was more more to do like bat reps with him mm -hmm. um and then we we posted them but i mean you know they're, they're still up there i'm sure you can find them they're just like really old they're from i think like the nightfall season but ah, um already. but so i already had it and then and then because i'm a high school teacher then we had the pandemic and i needed to do all of my classes on zoom so i did it using the webcam that i actually bought for underworlds nice. so i still have the webcam and i have this uh, like a cheap tripod and it works really well. Yeah, yeah, I got mine on some tripods too. Well, my setup is a bit over the top because I also have, uh, now I have three cameras, one for my face, but that's just because I want any viewers of the streams have a good view and also my opponents to make it more attractive and to, you know, hopefully get more people playing. But you can definitely play with a minimalist setup Another thing that helps is setting up your camera from the point of view where your opponent would, would look at the board. Sometimes people don't have a choice. They have to set it up sideways because their rooms, their desks don't work. Mm -hmm. But then I always have to think around the corner. You know, I always have to turn it 90 degrees yeah. in my head, which <laughs> is already... Not, not everybody's good at that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, And that not... makes the games take longer. Yeah. Yeah. Also, and you lose um, the synchronicity. Sometimes you find out, oh, your fighter was staying on a different hex. But anyway, you just you need to talk a lot more than, yes. than in other games, yes. which is a good thing and a bad thing. But in general, it's a good thing. Yeah. Because because you can't see the upgrades a lot of the time. That's on your yeah. opponent's thing, you know. So you have to be like, what's on them? Exactly. You know, or like, you attack. What, is anything defensive, anything offensive? Like, did you play any? Like, so there's like a lot of communication, I think, is really important when you're playing in those webcam tournaments because it's the stuff is not clear. It's not like in Vassal where you could just like look at what, uh, you know, card they have put down. It's like here you have to ask, what do you have on this guy? What do you have in this guy? So mm. the, 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 and like reminding your opponent, oh, don't forget, I have great fortitude on this guy and I have this. So just yeah. like having that kind of like communication back and forth, I think is really important during the vassal, uh, during the, uh, the webcams games. Yeah. But it's also a good thing because it's actually forcing you to do some checks that you should all, all, always be doing, even in your real games or mm. vassal games, so that you're not attacking a guy who has great uh, fortitude and then you're standing there like an idiot. Oh, he's still alive. You know, right. <laughs> so that's you happened. Do that anyways. Yeah, <laughs> it happened to everybody. Um, I think that's it. Apart from trying to play quickly and finishing your game in time because everybody else is waiting for you. And absolutely. And it's a bit hard because you, usually when we do 
it. We, we play on Zoom and everybody has their own room. So they can't see whether other people are finished already. You know, people just tend to play until somebody forces them to stop. <laughs> Usually, right. that's also Usually how you, it is yeah. at a face-to-face tournament. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah. Sounds good. Um, well, look, I, I, I recommend anybody out there who has a setup that works to definitely get into the the webcam tournaments for a lot of good reasons. They're just nice quick hits. They're the right amount of time out of your day. You get to play four people. Uh, they're, usually, they're always skirmish format. Um, yeah, 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 and then of course the one. people that you play are going to be people from around the world, which is another advantage. Same thing with Vassal, you know, or to or TTS. Um, so you get to see how different metas are kind of like, you know, dealing with particular warbands. Yeah, that happened to me when I played in a Vassal clash. I played, I played the first round. I played against a guy from Ukraine. Then the second round, I played yeah. against a guy from Australia. And then the third round, I played against Michael Stanett, who lives like an hour away from us. So <laughs> yeah, yeah, Mike. You can play yeah, people from around the world, and I think that's really awesome. Yeah, that's definitely the best part of playing on online. And also, you should get a webcam to Randall so you can play. <laughs> Yeah, buy me one. Yeah, he... Buy me one of those. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Or you know what you could do? Right, just send me a check. Like a For, yeah, yeah send him yeah. an $80 check yeah, yeah. or whatever that is the equivalent in, in pounds or whatever. Webcam. Or euros or whatever it is. Yeah, euros. Yeah. All right, guys. So, all right. So, Val... Thank you so much for being on. Uh, we we I I wanted to get you on at some point because I wanted to talk about the the the, the tournaments, but um, I think we covered a lot of ground here, and I think we talked about uh, headcrackers, and we got a lot of a lot of we, we tried to extract as much out of it as we could. So so thanks for thanks for being here. Yeah, thanks for having me. It was a pleasure and an honor. Oh, really? An honor? I don't know. Was it really an honor? I mean, I think I, I think if you were on one of the other, but like if you were on like Path to Glory or like what the heck, no, 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 maybe no, no, that no, would no, be like no, an no, honorable no, no, one. No, no, I think no, no. you you re- really chose like the like bottom of the barrel. No, he's good. When he's it good. comes he's to uh, when it comes to podcasting, he's like, look, I got an idea. I'll go on the crappiest one. <laughs> there we go. Okay. So Val, thanks for being here. We appreciate it, man. Uh, Randall, did we do it? Yeah. I think we did it. So uh, for Battle for Salvation, uh, this is Max Bernstein. I'm Randall Slate. And, uh, and we'll see you guys next time.